is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay. Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another show of the Sports Loudmouth. I am the host, the big man, the big easy himself, Big Errol Marks. And on the board, there is no Tyler Harrison. It is just... Speedy the Man Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday. Well, almost said Saturday. Every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, you can call us, Speedy. What is the number? 631-672-3108. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And you can also, ladies and gentlemen, download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. By the way, Speedy, how is your family doing? I mean, obviously, with everything that's going on, which has been going on, how are you and your family doing? Uh, holding up. Uh, it seems like they're visiting a lot at, d- at different sports. My father's still here. My brother, my brothers and my mother left. My father's still here. Uh, aunts and uncles have been uh, helping my grandmother just get through this. Uh, but again, they've had a lot of good, uh, good chats. It seems like they're thinking a little more uh, positively now. Today, today they were discussing a lot of things, but still, again, very hard, and we're trying our best to comfort her and uh, just trying to make her laugh, entertain, and stuff like that. John, I will get to all the people that are writing to me. John, I will answer your question after our special guest we have a guest in just a few moments uh joining us after the guest uh i we will answer every one of your questions on the feed but before we do that uh we have a great show lined up for you uh we're going to get into week 13 in the nfl which is going to be crazy obviously the game tonight that's going on uh the minnesota uh i'm sorry the minnesota uh, Vikings. Vikings, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going all over the place. I had a crazy day today. Uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll get into that game right now. The game is all over the place, but we expected that. Uh, and by the, by the way, Dalvin Cook is playing in the game. So whoever has Dalvin Cook on their fantasy team, uh, I would start him. But Or you should have started him. Uh, but anyways, um, and we also are going to get into our picks uh, hopefully Jeff will join us. We're going to get into the lockout, which we were getting into yesterday. There's some more stuff that I, I kind of read today about the Yankees and, and possibly going after this Suzuki kid from all the way from Japan. So we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Uh, the New York Islanders and the New York Rangers, we'll get into that. And uh, everything that's going on in basketball. But first things first, um, we have our special guest. And we are now talking to Southern California News Group Angels beat writer, Jeff Fletcher. What's going on, Jeff? Not much. How are you guys doing? Ah, what are we doing? How are we doing? Uh, well, we don't have Tyler Harrison in here because for some reason uh, he's got uh, – he's sick. He's not feeling very well. Or maybe he just didn't feel like coming. But uh, 
Um, we're happy to have you. We're really excited to get you on. Uh, we've had some, some really good guests this week. And uh, you being our final guest of the week, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. So why don't we get into uh, a little bit how you became a beat writer for the Angels and how long you've been doing this. I've been covering baseball since 1997. Uh, I covered the A's and Giants for about 11 years. Then I was a national baseball writer for AOL Fan House, which was sort of like The Athletic uh, before The Athletic. And I've been covering the Angels now since 2012. So uh, it's been it's been a pretty good run. So why don't we get into the Angels? Because the Angels have made some pretty good moves. Uh, to I think believe I believe they solidified their pitching staff, adding Noah Syndergaard. Uh, there was stories coming out that they were interested in Marcus Stroman. He winds going to he winds up going to the Cubs. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts for some of the acquisitions. Uh, the Angels made uh, this offseason so far and going into the lockout? Well, they definitely needed to upgrade their pitching, and they have done that. Uh, it's a question of whether they've done it enough. That's still to be determined. Obviously, Noah Syndergaard, if he's healthy, can be a very good pitcher, but you know he's thrown two innings in two years, so who knows? And uh, they got Michael Lorenzen to be a starter. He hasn't really started very much. He was mostly a reliever with the Reds, and he wasn't that great the last couple of years. So, you know, that's still a big question mark. They still probably could use another starter. There's not too many left out there, you know, when the lockout ends. In the bullpen, re-signing Rysel Iglesias certainly helps. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. And uh, Aaron Loop there was a pretty good reliever with the Mets, so they got him too. So they've definitely made some additions that should help, but uh, I think they probably still need to do a little bit more once the lockout's over. So I am a Mets fan, so you mentioned Noah Syndergaard and Aaron Loop. I wanted them to re-sign Aaron Loop so badly. He was so good last year, and I think you guys are getting a, a definite gem with that. And then Noah Syndergaard was interesting. $25 million a year, like you're saying, he's barely pitched the last two years. Uh, what do you think of that contract as a whole? And what do you think maybe the Angels and Joe Madden could get out of him that maybe the Mets didn't do? Well, it's only $21 million, so that's not quite as bad. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, Tommy John surgery is tough. Uh, a lot of guys do come back for it, come back from it eventually but it's not always in their first year back are they you know back to the way they were so I have no idea where he's going to be on that spectrum we're going to find out you know when he starts pitching but uh, it's definitely going to be a very important for the Angels that he pitches you know as well as he can we are talking to Southern California News Group Angels beat writer Jeff Fletcher Jeff Otani MVP I we were going back and forth all season long who was going to be the MVP I believe it was Guerrero Jr. Uh, I was wrong, but Otani has had a sensational year as a pitcher slash power hitter in baseball. What were your thoughts, obviously, going to the, you know, as the season was progressing all the way to the end of the season? Was it a sure thing that everybody uh, in the Angels organization thought it was a sure, sure thing that Otani was going to be the MVP, or did they have some doubts on him being the MVP? Uh, I don't think anybody had any doubts that he was going to be MVP. I thought, you know, around the All Star break, he pretty much locked up winning the MVP and I thought he was going to be unanimous. And then there was, you know, early September, he had a little bit of a slump and Vlad Jr. got uh, pretty hot. And I thought that maybe his uh, chances, I dropped him down to like 90%. But, uh, but then, you know, Vlad slumped a little at the end. Otani got hot at the end. The Blue Jays did not make the playoffs. So I think it was just a, it's a no brainer. I mean, the guy pitched, you know, he was almost as good a hitter as, as Vlad Jr. And he pitched. So I don't see how it could even be close in anybody's mind. So you saw him at the end of the season have his innings limited in the last week or so. He was great as a hitter. I think he hit five home runs the last two weeks of the season. But as a pitcher, he was definitely limited. So now coming off a season where he had to be used so much, especially with all the injuries that the Angels had, what do you think is the expectations 
overall, he'll probably drop off the MVP season, but overall in terms of the way Joe Madden will use him and the different roles he'll play. Uh, I think they still want to have him pitch about the same uh, amount, basically once every six games. You know, if he goes more innings than last year, that would just be because he pitches a few more innings per game. Uh, he did have a couple of times where he missed a start with a, you know, he had a blister issue and he got hit in the elbow by a pitch. So I think, you know, best case scenario for him is, is maybe 27 starts in 23 this year. So, you know, they're not going to get a whole lot more out of him just because they still want him to hit and you can't really have him starting every fifth day and have him hit. That's just would be too much for him. So he's not going to be a 200 inning guy. He's probably not even going to be 162 inning guy, but you know, he was 130 this year, and I think they could probably get that up to, the you know, in the 140s, uh, maybe 150 next year. Mike Trout, Mike Trout was a big loss for them. He only had 117 at-bats this year, uh, but he still had eight home runs. He was still batting 333 uh, with 18 RBIs and two stolen bases. I mean, this guy is the best player in baseball. It's not even a question. Uh, being that uh, if there is a full season this year, if the, the lockout doesn't hold up for three or four months where they're going to miss some games, do you think with this lineup with Otani, Trout, and Rendon, something that they were expecting this year to be one of the more powerful lineups in baseball, do you think that this team uh, is playoff bound with some of the acquisitions they've made in the offseason and with the players and the star power that they have in their lineup? Well, if they have Otani, Trout, and Rendon for the whole season, that certainly gives them a pretty good offense. Just right there, you know, if you just get average production out of everybody else and you have those three guys in the middle, you're going to be one of the better offenses in baseball. But you got to have pitching still, and that's still a big question mark for them. They still have some hopes. You know, obviously we talked about Syndergaard. Otani obviously is a pitcher. Uh, Patrick Sandoval came up and kind of had a little bit of a breakthrough and only about 17 starts, so if they get like – 28 starts out of him, you know, that could be an upgrade. They definitely need some help pitching wise. Uh, and if they get all those guys that you mentioned in the lineup regularly, they should be better. Um, they won 77 games last year and they probably need to get to, you know, 92, 93, 94 to be playoff team. So they definitely have to, uh, to do some things besides just having Trout and Rendon healthy. So the long-term trajectory of Trout now, obviously, he's on a historic pace to start his career. His war is already, I think, second or third all-time in a player's first eight years of his career. And again, you you followed him, funny enough, uh, your time with the Angels started his rookie year, so you followed him the whole way. So off the injury, him playing center field, obviously a very athletic position to play. What do you think is the long-term trajectory for Trout? How much more in terms of like these dynamic best player in baseball years do you think he has? And where do you think his legacy is? Well, as for him playing center field, I don't think he's going to be playing center field at the end of his career. Um, they do have a kid named Brandon Marsh who's a really good center fielder who is probably going to take Trout's place in center field eventually, uh, assuming they don't trade Marsh for pitching, which is a possibility. 2022, 2023, 2024, I don't know. But uh, at some point, Trout is going to go to one of the corners. I think that's you know kind of natural. That's the way it works. And uh, you know, as far as his legacy – you know, he's had some injuries the last couple of years. He needs to really avoid those to kind of get back on the path that he was on, you know, earlier in his career. But if he if he can get back to being the player he was, you know, 2012 through 2019, uh, you know, he's he's definitely one of the top five, six players of all time. So he's uh, he's just got to keep doing what he's doing. But it's tough. You know, you see I got like Ken Griffey Jr. is off to a great start. And then all of a sudden he has a lot of injuries and, and you know, 
still had a great career, still a Hall of Famer, but just you don't see him the same way because of uh, the way the injuries haunted him the second half of his career. We are talking to Southern California News Group Angels beat writer Jeff Fletcher. Jeff, uh, we look at baseball right now, and with this lockout, a lot of people are expecting it to take on its own natural power. And what I mean by that is it could go all the way into April or even March. Uh, we talked to uh, Britt uh, Giroli. Giroli yesterday. She was on the show, and she said that, uh, uh, that she believes that it's not going to take as long as a lot of people think it's going to on trying to come to a deal. But with all the different rules that obviously Rob Manford is trying to do and, and, and with these electronic umpires, which I don't believe – will uh, event I think eventually it will move into fruition and, and that will happen but with all the different rules the DH in the National League and some of the different things that baseball want to add and even with these new contracts these new CBA contracts do you think it's going to take as long as a lot of people think it's going to take uh, before this is going to come to an agreement I don't think we're going to miss any games I think we're going to have a 162 game season in 2022 you don't need a full six weeks of spring training I think you could probably get away with four. So I think that as long as they have an agreement by, you know, late February, uh, mid-February, I think they probably could have everything go as scheduled and, and it would be fine. Uh, I think that everybody realizes from what we saw in 94 that missing games is a disaster for both sides. So I'm pretty sure that both sides are, are smart enough to avoid that. Right now, there's no deadline for them. There's no immediacy. You know, if you have a settlement on – December, January 9th, it still doesn't really impact what happens in the offseason. You still have time to do everything. So I think that that's what we're looking at right now. There's just not the urgency to do it. As we get into January, late January, I think things will speed up quite a bit. And uh, and I do think that we're going to have a, a settlement in time for 162 game season. So what do you think the contract situation will end up looking like? We talk about the fluctuation between high market and low market teams. Obviously, the Angels, we've seen them be big spenders in the past, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. But the fluctuation between those and also the players in general not getting paid as big of contracts, especially older players. Do you see that kind of thing still continuing after this new CBA deal? Well, I think the biggest issue for the players right now is that the uh, the players basically get underpaid for so much, you know, at the beginning of their careers. They're so far underpaid. And the always the, the balance for that has been, well, you know, when you get to be a free agent, then all of a sudden you're going to get all this money. But too many players are not even getting there. So the problem is the players are just not getting the other end of the deal, too. So the players would kind of like to shift it, probably and move a little more money up to the younger guys, even if it's at the expense of – you know, maybe some veterans, you know, kind of the mid-tier veterans that right now would get like the six, eight million dollar one-year deal, you know, those kind of guys. And maybe they just don't get it. And more of the zero three guys end up getting, you know, a million dollars instead of six hundred thousand dollars. I think that might be a way that helps more players. And I think that's probably what they should do. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but I think that's probably the way that, that they need to to spread the money out a little better. Jeff, you look at all these young superstars, Soto being one of them, Mike Trout another one, Otani another one. There's a bunch. Aaron Judge, well, he's kind of middle-aged right now. He came into the league a little bit later in his career, but he's still 30 years old. Mookie Betts, who just got a big, huge contract. Correa, who's asking for a $300 million contract. Nobody thought Seager was going to get a $300 million contract, but he got one from Texas. Not surprised Texas is overpaying players. We've seen him do that with Alex Rodriguez. When you, when you look at some of these young, um, big-time superstars that are getting these long-term, big contracts, 
Are you surprised from last year's contracts with the COVID-19 guys like DJ LeMay, who's won uh, batting titles in the National League, in the American League, fairly 30 years old, still a great player in the league. And, and then Springer, who's one of the best center fielders in all of baseball, getting the contract he got. Are you surprised that last year's contracts are obviously different from this year's contracts in this offseason, being that there is a strike and a lockout season? No, I mean, these are, you know, the great players always get paid, you know, and especially if you're a younger player, uh, you know, if you reach free agency before you get to 30, they're always going to get tons of money. Uh, I think the where the money's lost is all the, the middle tier guys. So, you know, the, the great players are always going to keep getting more and more money and they're always going to be too much, it's going to seem. But uh, I think Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers said uh, famously, if you're logical on free agents, you're going to finish third on every free agent. So basically the way to sign a guy is to make a deal that seems uncomfortable for you because that's how you end up winning the deal, winning, you know, over the other 29 teams is to make the deal that nobody else wants to make. So uh, it's always going to be a little bit uh, dicey when you talk to about the guys that are getting that much money, but you know, that's what the stars get. And it's, that's never going to change. So you mentioned earlier about the, the younger players not getting paid barely anything at the beginning of their contract. And obviously the minor league salaries are another big problem that baseball has had for quite a while. So this trend that we're seeing, Wander Franco, the Braves did it with Acuna and Albies, the White Sox did it with Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. Uh, do you, you think that's going to become the, the norm where teams, especially lower market teams, are going to do that? And well, if so, how much do you think that could balance the power between the, the teams like the Dodgers that love to spend money and then the other extreme of a team like the Rays? What you got to remember is when the Rays give Wander Franco that deal, it's not to do Wander Franco a favor. It's to help themselves and basically feel like they're going to get him for cheaper than he's worth. That's why they do it. And uh, it's to afford him later. And it's also to make him more tradable later. So when he does get up into those, those other years where he's making 12, 15, 16 million dollars a year, but he's worth 22 million dollars a year, then all of a sudden you either have a good bargain or you've got a great player to trade to get another guy who's making the minimum, and that's how you just kind of start over. So I think that the, those big long-term contracts are not necessarily an indication that uh, you know the younger players are getting some great deal because still the teams are doing it you know, to get themselves a cheaper player in the long run, basically. Uh, again, we are talking to Southern California News Group Angels beat writer Jeff Fletcher. Last question for me, Jeff. Uh, a lot of people are taking shots at Brian Cashman because before the lockout, he didn't make any moves, and the Yankees are the Yankees, and they're a big market team, and they didn't put out. They didn't. That you see the Mets getting Max Scherzer, you see all the moves that the Mets made with Marte and and all the other guys that they brought in, and and Cohen spent a, a, a little bit more than seven hundred, eight hundred million in the last two off seasons. When you look at that, you look at here at New York Sports, are you surprised that Brian Cashman hasn't opened the Yankees' pockets and Hal Steinbrenner has not opened up the Yankees' pockets like his father did? Well, they still seem to spend a lot of money if you look at any other team. I mean, I know the Angels really wanted Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. but the Yankees gave him $324 million. Right. So that seems like a lot of money to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that it's you can get kind of spoiled and just expect that uh, – you should hit get everybody because you're the Yankees, but it doesn't work that way. You know, it's, it's hard. And uh, I also don't believe that you really can just buy your way to winning because the guys who are free agents are old. Mm-hmm. That's how they get to be free agents. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a big gamble with those guys. So you're a lot better off 
investing in your farm system and, and bringing the guys up, you know, that can, can help you win, you know, from your farm system. I think that the Dodgers and Rays, I want to say in the world series last year, maybe all but one of the starting pitchers who pitched for those two teams were homegrown guys. So that's the kind of thing that, that happens. It's a, it's a better way to have sustained winning than to just think you can go out and, and buy everybody on the free agent market because those guys are, are overpaid and old and, uh, and risky. Are you listening to this, Tyler? Are you, if you're not listening to the show, I wish you were here because you should be listening to this because a guy that has and makes sense over here, a, four, a 37-year-old, 38-year-old player, as good as Max Scherzer is, $43 million, three-year extension, the biggest contract in Major League history. I, I, I understand he's never been hurt a significant amount, but to me, a crazy contract to give him, especially with the Mets' woes and, and with the contracts they've given players and the significant injuries they've been dealing with year in and year out. So I absolutely agree with you, Jeff. So. So uh, my last question is with this, what do you think is a lot of the end results that'll come with this CBA? We're seeing a potential for rule changes, the NLDH, uh, potentially expanded playoff team. So that's one. And also, if you were to change something, something that maybe you would want to see change in the game, what would it be and why? Uh, I think that one of the, uh, I think we're definitely going to see DH in the NL. I think we're definitely going to see expanded playoffs. I think what I would like to see is a, a system where you get f- extra draft picks if you have a 500 record and miss the playoffs. So basically there's some incentive for the, the middle teams. You know, if you have like a 72 win roster and you, there's some incentive for you to get to, you know, 81, even if you can't get all the way to 91 to make the playoffs, if you can get to 81 and get an extra draft pick, then that's going to help you even quicker. And that way that's going to be better for the players. If teams are trying to get from 72 to 81, than thinking, oh, we're at 72, we're better off at 52 so we can get the number one pick. So I'd like to see that to kind of give teams a little more incentive to have all different rungs on the ladder and not just be all or nothing to, you know, either we're a World Series team or let's try to have the number one pick. You know, I'd like to see there's some inspiration, incentive for teams to uh, to take incremental steps in between. If that system ends up happening in place, the 2016 through 18 Cardinals would have been loaded with draft picks. They were the first team out three years in a row in the National League. That's actually really, really The Angels cool. have been there, too, a few times. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. where the Angels have been a lot. Come yeah. on. That's why Jeff is bringing it up. You know, he's trying to help the Angels out. <laughs> it wouldn't help the Yankees out because they're always in the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter. So it's, well, I guess the Yankees don't have losing the, records. The, yeah. Angels don't need the, uh, the Angels don't need the motivation, though, because they are already trying to yeah. get to that level. They're just not Absolutely. doing it very well. But it's the other teams, you know, that are kind of, fringy tanking teams that need to have some inspiration to try to get to 81. It's very interesting. Actually, a, a really cool uh, thought uh, to, for baseball. And, and Rob Manford, as much as I love baseball, Rob Manford has been the worst commissioner in professional sports. And it takes a lot to say something like that because Roger Goodell has not been the best. Let's be honest. And then we have – who would have thought that Gary Bettman – would be the best commissioner in professional sports because I used to like Adam Silver, but he lets LeBron James run the show. He lets the players run the show. So how could you like a sport that the commissioner is like taking a step down and letting the players run the, the commission and, and everything that's going on in the league? So I am not a big fan of Adam Silver and Roger Goodell. Everybody knows what I think about Roger Goodell if you listen to this show. Watch LeBron become the next NBA commissioner. And, and Rob right. Manford. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, man. He's, to me, in 2024, when his contract's up – Please, Theo Epstein, 
please take this job. Or the, the owners, owners, are you listening to me? Let this man take over baseball. He has changed the game. You saw what he did with the Cubs. You've seen what he's done with the Red Sox. I think he would be the perfect fit to put in as the commissioner of baseball. I think he's a smart man, and he knows the game so very well. I think it would be perfect for baseball. That's just my opinion. So I I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, What are your thoughts to that before we let you go? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a tough job to be the commissioner. And I think mainly his job is to make money mm-hmm. for the owners who mm-hmm. are his bosses. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have done that pretty well. So I think that he's probably not going anywhere. Jeff, you could have made money for baseball. Come on. How hard is it to sit in a seat and talk about TV deals and uh, universal deals for apparel and all the other stuff? I, I, if, I, I don't have a college education for that, or he probably doesn't either, but I could do it too. Okay, if you if you want me to jump into the seat of commissioner, I'll hire the right people and we can market the hell out of the MLB and I could bring in money because that's what Roger Goodell did. Uh, It's it's not to me. I understand what everybody's going to say. And I know people are going to say it's not as easy as it sounds, but because the game is a multi-billion dollar organization, baseball is a billion dollar organization, billion dollar organization. There are many, many different ways to bring in money, not only for the sports, but for the players and the owners as well. So. I understand what you're saying. He's done a good job when it comes to bringing money for the owners. He's ruined the game. I think he's affected the game on some of these stupid rules, the extra innings, man on second rule. It's ruined the game. I, I mean, I love baseball because baseball was our it was America's pastime. I love the game for what it was. Why change the rules? You want to put the DH in the National League? It makes sense. It protects the pitcher. That's fine. Electronic umpires, stupid. I mean, a man on second base every after after the eighth or ninth inning, double headers. You 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 the game the the second game only goes to seven innings. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It ruins the game. So I, I just him making no sense on his rules and in the debacle of the game. And by the way, the shifting that is a rule that right now has to be looked at. Where there shouldn't be, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this and you're gonna change this, change shifting. Teams cannot shift in the game because if you want to see more points, you want to see more, you know, changing the baseball, changing the bats, or whatever the heck they do. What we've heard over the last couple of years, which is ridiculous. You heard Rob Manfred say in the playoffs it was different baseballs. I mean, you didn't see that in the 1950s and the 60s. Okay, so why is the game changing because Rob Manford wants to make more runs, more, more, more home runs, more power in the game, which, which everybody wants to see. In football, you want to see more power. So now you can't touch the quarterback. Now you can't do this. You can't touch the wide receiver. The games are changing, and I understand as the years go by, you want to change the different rules to make the game a little bit more interesting for the fan. But for baseball, and, and, and for me, loving the game for what it is, you can't change these rules when you're when you look at the pastime and what pa- the pastime has brought us, and 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 baseball. And you're going to say, well, shifting's been around forever, which is which is true. It has been around forever, but it, it ever since it really came into like heavily came into the league ten years ago, it's ruined the game. If you just stop shifting, there'll be more runs, more power, and and, and the pull hitters that you know were so good at what they were doing, they would be as dominant as they were before the shifting came into the league. So that's just my opinion. <laughs> I'm sure you're probably saying, "Oh, the, that's a babble," but it's the it, it's to me it's ruined the game. The shifting has ruined the game. 
Um, I understand it's it's the way you manage these. These are professional baseball players. They make so much money. If they're shifting on you, pull the ball, bunt the ball. That's what everybody says. I've talked to a lot of coaches and managers, and they all say the same thing. And I, you know what I say to them? Okay, that that's that could be true. They're million. They make millions and millions of dollars, but. If baseball is, is willing to change rules because they want more runs and more power and more, all these different things to make baseball a little bit more amusing for people to go and, and go and watch the games live or watch it on TV, well, then don't, don't, don't change the rules. If you're going to change a rule or two, change the shifting because I think if you stop shifting, there'll be more runs, more power numbers, and, and they'll be more fun to watch instead of watching, you know – the third baseman play shortstop or second base, and the second baseman play outfield. You know what I mean? Am I right or wrong on that? Let me tell you, the, 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 the shifts are not the problem with, you know, why the offense is down. It's strikeouts. Mm. That's why. Mm. Guys strike out too much. Mm-hmm. If you look at, like, the batting average on ground balls, mm-hmm. it's not that different from now from 20 years ago. No, I get it. So, you know, shifts take a few hits away, and they give a few hits here and there, and – you know, if the batting average changes two points, it's not going to make a difference between your enjoyment of the game. Mm-hmm. It's strikeouts. That's what the problem is. And, uh, you know, if, if you put this, if the shortstop has to stand right behind second base instead of 10 feet to the right of second base, do you think that's going to make a difference? Do you think that's going to change your enjoyment of the game? No, it's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is if every third hitter is not striking out. If they can put the ball in play, which has nothing to do with the shift, that's what's going to change things. And I don't know how you fix that one. I don't think there should be any changes into the game, except with the DH thing, I think it makes sense. For National League, I know a lot of National League fans don't like it, but it saves the pitcher, protects the pitcher. And I think we've seen a lot of pitchers over the years, Madison Bumgarner, get hurt, you know, swinging a bat. We've seen Jacob DeGrom swing a bat. That's how Jacob DeGrom hurt his shoulder this year. Not throwing the ball, but playing, you know, swinging at the ball. So we've seen a lot of pitchers over the years the National League pitchers, even American League pitchers, um, uh, what's his name again from the Yankees? So we were talking about yesterday, the Korean. Um, um, yeah, um, Tanaka, yeah. No, not Tanaka. The other oh, I, yeah, Chin Meng Wong. Chin Meng Wong. He hurt himself in that National League game. I, I forget who he was yeah, playing. Yeah, he was a, stole a base. I think it was right at the beginning of the season, too, or something like that. I don't think he was stealing a base. He tried to run or to right, second. Advance the second, yeah. Advance right. the second. He was, he was playing, and he was hitting, and... Ever since that injury, he was a 19-18 win uh, type of pitcher, and, and he hurt himself. He was never the same pitcher, never the same pitcher. So I, I think I, as much as the National League, and, and that's been around the National League for such a long time in baseball, I think adding the DH, it makes a little bit more sense to give. And it also helps the National League out because you, you can protect your players and you can sit out players certain games and, and really put them in a good position to succeed throughout the 162 mm. games. So what do you think about that, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I've got no – I don't like watching pitchers hit. You know, <laughs> Sure, it's, it's kind of cool to see a, a double switch now and then. You go, oh, wow, what a brilliant manager. He made a double switch. That's that's great. You know, I sure loved coming out to the ballpark to watch that double switch. You know, it's not rocket science. So, uh, Plus, it's, it's better to have everybody play by the same rules. Mm. You know, if you're a National League team and you have a, a really good player that you'd like to keep, but you can't give him that seven-year contract because you don't have the DH available, but an American League team can, mm. that's not really very fair. Nope. So uh, I'm all for, you know, the DH being in both leagues. Jeff, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Jeff Fletcher OCR on Twitter. Well, I, we would love to get you on again as the season 
happens, uh, hopefully in the when next couple happens, of months. Yeah. When it happens, and <laughs> this, this lockout strike, whatever they call it, is over, uh, we'd love to get you on uh, spring training and, and talk a little Angels baseball and your thoughts to some of the acquisitions, because I'm sure the Angels aren't done. Uh, the Yankees, I'm sure, aren't done. The Mets aren't done. All these other teams. So we'd love to know your opinion after the Angels are done uh, with their uh, offseason. We would love you to know your thoughts to all the different additions that they add uh, to the team in the near future. So thank you for joining us, um, and uh, we hope to have you on very soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Jeff Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen, Southern California News Group Angels beat writer. Really, really nice guy. Knows his stuff. And uh, to me, when you you talk to a lot of these baseball guys, the writers, and we've had a lot of them on the last couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. Speedy, and – a lot of these guys, they, they have their own opinions towards and uh, rules, especially uh, we, we talked to Britt last night, and she, she made some good points about um, some of the rules that she thinks should be changed and should, have been, should be added on uh, to this lockout. Mm. The only problem that I have with these, these rules that Rob Manford is these are rules that weren't implemented into the game. Uh, all these other years. I mean, we've seen strikes in 94. We've seen all these strikes. And if you want to speed up the game, you want to make the game better, well, the best thing to do is to take away certain things that makes the game a little bit more faster. Like, for instance, batters, you know, stepping out of the box and playing with their gloves for 50, 15 seconds or 20 seconds. Uh, there's sometimes batters in the box for about five, six minutes because they foul the ball off and they're playing with their gloves. <laughs> Thank you, David Wright. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, like six minutes, seven minute at bats because they're playing with their gloves. 15 seconds every time they pitch the ball. They foul the ball up, they step out of the box. Robinson Cano was very known for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, didn't, I don't like it. I think that's a rule that something should be done with baseball. Also, the pitcher, some of these pitchers, they'll step out of the box and they'll just stand there for about, I don't know. Uh, 30 seconds shaking their head, shaking their head when they already know what they're going to pitch. So, hey, how many how many signs does a, a catcher have to throw out? Throw out? What does he throw? Three, four signs out? How many times does he have to do it before you throw the ball? I mean, seriously, you you only have three pitches, bud. <laughs> I mean, and it takes you 30 seconds to release it. Doesn't make sense. All right, let's get to some of uh, John's uh, John's comments. He was leaving a lot of them. Um, anyone when asked someone asked about Pats versus Bills, and I mentioned. Pats will win because the Bills have zero run game and they respond to it. Teams don't win on the run. Pats proved that wrong and Vikings run all over the Steelers so far. Yes, uh, Dalvin Cook is feasting for you, your fantasy team. He's playing well He has right two now. touchdowns. He, uh, last time I checked, had 129 yards and it was more once it was added to the touchdown. That's right, buddy. So you That's are, right. You are striving That's in that. That's right. Let's kick some butt, that. man. I need Dalvin Cook to give me three or four touchdowns. This, this could be because I need this win this week to, to get into the playoffs and uh, – if Dalvin Cook is as hot as he is going into the playoffs, I'll have a smile on my face because I need him. I need him. A.J. Brown, hopefully, maybe him come back another week from now for the Tennessee Titans. That could be good for me, too, because I need him, too. So uh, my players have not really produced this week or it hasn't uh, this week all year. And maybe get sneaking me into the playoffs, I could be a dangerous team in the playoffs, especially if Dalvin Cook is playing as well as he's doing tonight. So I've been needing this all week and all, all year. 
So uh, Snug also says the Vikings versus Steelers is a dumpster fire Thursday night. Gang. Absolutely. Uh, John says arguably the most important signing the LA Angels made was bringing back Rysel Iglesias. Absolute yeah. must. Aaron Loop was another huge pickup. And Michael Lorenzen, uh, decent on defense, who will play outfield with Otani pitching. He's another hybrid, too. So you know Joe Madden loves those hybrids. And Snug says if baseball players could smoke weed during the game, it would be even more interesting. Mm. Maybe like the designated blunt smoker or the pinch wax blazer, in parentheses, Kenny. Interesting. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> interesting. Did you write to the two guests that we had on last night? Yes. What did they say? Did they? They were they? They didn't, they didn't respond to me. Uh, I, I said I always write to them when I send them their clips. Their oh, audio great. clips. So. Great. So hopefully they respond. They were really really good. But mm-hmm. Tyler just pissed me off last night. <laughs> Not uh, surprising. You know. And by the way, uh, Carl says Jarrett Lorenzen, and ha ha ha. That's what he says. But, hey, don't hate on Jarrett Lorenzen, Carl. He was the he was the best uh, three hundred pound quarterback of all time. <laughs> Well, I'm sure Carl and uh, Jeff and all the other guys, they see an empty seat over there. They're probably excited that Tyler isn't in uh, tonight. Uh, by the way, what, John, John what, what bet did me and Tyler have? I, I don't Yeah, because I know the one you made yesterday. I'm trying to think back. Of he didn't make the ago. bet. He doesn't have the balls to make the bet because he knows he's going to lose. And by the way, the Islander bet that we had or something like that, he lost that bet. I never asked him for the – he was supposed to take me out to dinner. Uh, but – he he never did, and uh, and I I I don't care because Tyler Tyler doesn't have much, and I don't need his money. But uh, he would never pay up bets, and he always thinks he's right. He said he says all the time he's six and zero against me in bets. I, I don't <laughs> know where he he comes up with those numbers. He's now I don't remember the last time he's beaten me in a bet. Okay, what about the fourteenth? Fight still on? Yes, the fight. As far as we know, it's still on. Uber Eats serve <laughs> is down. <laughs> So Tyler left. <laughs> John says it was the bet about the NFL. You said you wanted cash. It was like 500 bucks bet. Yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out specifically what it what was, What was John, the bet? Because I, I, I don't remember bet? it either. Because I'd like to know what the bet is because that's just an extra $500 in my pocket because I'm probably right. I mean, <laughs> Tyler's never right about It was probably, it was probably something about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady or something like that. I don't know. I thought the two guests really liked to enjoy themselves coming on, don't you think? Yeah. I thought so. I, I'm very surprised they haven't responded to you. Most of them do. So mm-hmm. very surprised. Hopefully they do because that, to me – Tyler does make the the you know a little bit hard and shaky when when we have him on because he always thinks he's right and he always you know claims himself to be right and it really annoys the hell out of me when somebody agrees with him okay so, <laughs> something about Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr I think uh, Kirk Cousins oh yeah that bet? does sound familiar what was the bet oh yeah Derek Carr who's who's gonna have a better season is there yeah it was yeah it might have been more passing touchdowns or something like that yeah or was a record, a team record. Yeah, no, that does sound familiar. I'll, I'll, I'll look back at that for you, John. I, I You're right. It, was, it was two or three weeks ago. Now, yeah, that does sound familiar now that I think about it. I definitely want to know the bet because, uh, you know, it's something that I could stick to, you know, Tyler every time I win. But I never stick it to Tyler when, when I, I win bets because Tyler claims he's 6-0 and against me. <laughs> and I don't know where he gets these numbers. They're, they're, they're numbers that don't make any sense. So why don't we go to a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will get into the lockout in baseball, and then we'll really go right into the NFL. we got a lot of NFL to talk about in Week 13. We're going to be doing play-by-play for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Oakland Raiders on Sunday. So uh, that'll be at 1 o'clock. So we'll let you guys know. We'll give you guys the information so you can tune in and listen to that uh, three-hour debacle. Okay, <laughs> uh, But uh, when we come back, we'll get into uh, baseball lockout and NFL football Week 13 here 
on the Sports Lab Notes. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Dylan Marks, my co-host tonight, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can send our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-672-3108. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'd like to thank Jeff Fletcher for joining us, giving us the time. Um, And remember, uh, if you haven't listened to the interview, you can check it out by going to our replays on our uh, website and our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, why don't we get into the lockout first? We'll finish up with a little bit of baseball, and then we'll get into the NFL. There's a lot to talk about. And hopefully, we'll get Jeff on tonight so we can make his picks. Uh, Tyler, we don't know his picks, so get his picks because I want to just keep whipping his ass all the way to the end because he's always right in his eyes. So why don't we get into the lockout? I know there's a lot of baseball fans that listen to us, and um, there, there's so much to get into with this, and I, I, we don't have enough time to really get into it. And I know a lot of Yankee fans. I've been reading a lot of hate mail uh, going out to Brian Cashman in the last really two weeks. And this past week, especially the last two days. And now the Cubs made some moves. I, I know we have some Cub fans. Uh, they added Marcus Stroman. There were some signings that they had in the offseason. Uh, some of their own signings, bringing back some players. They're rebuilding. Okay, the Boston Red Sox are still in a rebuilding stage, but they they're ahead of rebuilding, obviously bringing back Alex Carr, which I was very surprised about. Mm -hmm. And then um, obviously making some of the moves that they made last season, bringing in uh, Hernandez, who looks like Kike Hernandez looks like it was a big player in the playoffs for them. Just so many different moves that really has speed up the process for teams like the the Red Sox. And then you look at the Mets. The Mets made the acquisitions they've made. They added Max Scherzer, overpaying Max Scherzer, uh, Marte, last year giving Lindor the 300 and some high 35 or $40 million contract that they gave him. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, a lot of Mets fans enjoyed that and loved that, that they have an owner that's actually spending money. But Yankee fans, and even actually Yankee players like Clint Frazier, are coming out, taking shots at the Yankees, thinking that the Yankees are a waste of space. They're not a good organization. They're not a good... Um, organization when it comes to opening up their pockets. I, I do remember two and a half years ago when they opened up their pockets and overspent for Garrett Cole, just like uh, Jeff Fletcher said, and nobody was saying anything about that. Now all of a sudden, you look at the the non-acquisitions they've made since before the lockout, and, and Yankee fans are jumping off a ledge saying, uh, well, this isn't a winning team, this team is not capable of winning. Well, that's not true. They made it to the wild card game last year. They lost against the Red Sox. The Red Sox, Red Sox definitely destroyed them. The Red Sox outpitched them, obviously. Now, uh, you know, usually with Garrett Cole, we've seen Garrett Cole pitch well in certain playoff games. There are games that he hasn't pitched well. Maybe Garrett Cole wasn't healthy, 100% healthy, in the last month and a half of, of the regular season because he lost six games, and then he went into the playoffs and, and, and got crushed by the Red Sox. It got knocked out in the third inning. So we, we've, seen, you know, we've seen great pitchers over the years 
uh, just not produce in the se- September, October, and going right into the playoffs. Now, does that mean he's a bust? No, it doesn't. He was runner-up of the Cy Young, and Yankee fans say, well, he was a waste of money, a.k.a. Tyler Harrison. Now, what does Tyler know when Max Scherzer was overpaid by the New York Mets this offseason? Now, Max is a great pitcher. I think he was 16-4 and four or uh, something like that last yeah, year. Yeah, historically good second half, like .88 ERA or something He was like fantastic, that. and he's a fantastic pitcher. But he's 30 good. He's going to be 38 years old, paying him $43 million. If it works for the Mets, good for them. If they don't win a World Series with Max Scherzer, and I'm going to tell you this, and I, I'll say it again. I said it to Mike, uh, a.k.a. the Beef today, and I'll say it again. If the Mets don't win the World Series in three years, I'm not going to blame it on Max Scherzer, if, especially if he produces. But what was the point of giving Max Scherzer $43 million a year if they're not going to win with him? Okay, To me, that's a loss. You get, I don't care if he wins 18 games. Does it matter if Jacob deGrom wins um, 14 games and, and wins a Cy Young every single year? It's not winning World Series. That's a single honor. That's a trophy that he won, not the Mets. So how could the Mets fans be happy? Oh, we have the best back-to-back pitching staff in all of baseball. That's great. You have Max Scherzer and, 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 and uh, Jacob deGrom, and they're both giving you 17, 18 wins. Are they making the playoffs? No. Are they winning championships? No. So is that a win or a loss, Speedy? Well, the Mets are still in a midst where they have to figure out a team culture that really is stable, too, because the Mets have had every issue imaginable that people go back and say, all right, that's a classic Mets thing to do. All these players come and they get hurt after not being hurt in their whole career. You have all these GMs that uh, have all these off-field problems. You have all these all these players that don't want to play here after their first contract there because they get the big money and then they either get traded or they just struggle or they get hurt. So they still have to solve that no matter if they are a big market team or not. Now the Mets are spending like a big market team finally for the first time since really 05 and 06 when they brought in Carlos Beltran and Carlos Delgado and Pedro Martinez and guys like that. This is the first time they've done those splash type moves. Now, will they be able to make it work with some of the young players? Because now they're going to have to trust the young players because they didn't bring back Baez. They brought in some other veterans, obviously, to help it out. But they're going to be right on the brink of the luxury tax unless it goes up tremendously. And that's where the Mets are going to have to expand and actually have their homegrown players start to do better. Because right now, in this current Mets lineup, Outside of Pete Alonso and maybe whoever platoons between Dominic Smith and Jeff McNeil, I guess, really, those are the only homegrown guys in their lineup, in their pitching staff. Jacob deGrom right now is the only homegrown guy. Maybe maybe David Peterson if he makes the rotation, but that's really it. McGill came in a, in a trade, I think, from the Cubs that they made a couple of years ago. Then now you're bringing Max Scherzer. Obviously, he's not homegrown. Taiwan Walker's not homegrown. So they have to really solidify the rest with the homegrown talent. And that's never been the Mets' strength at all. How about, uh, by the way, John Sugg says, November 11th episode, Tyler said he didn't have Lamar Jackson in the top three MVP candidates a few weeks prior. He had Murray, Lamar, and Stafford. Yes, he did. But he was trying to say that he didn't have Lamar. You need to look that up. Okay. Before that. Thank you, John. Um, I, I looked that up, not on November 11th. No, no, it was, yeah, right. It was a, probably in the September or October. Yeah, it was. He did have Lamar. Yeah, I, I know what the title of that show was. And it was a $500. Yeah, I, think it was, I think it was a Stafford for MVP or something like that. I know the title of the show, John, so I'll. So I'll, look that I'll, up I'll and, get get the, and get the clip. No, get the clip for us because we're going to play it next week on Wednesday when Tyler is sitting here. I'm going to say hit it, Speedy. And I want him to hear his own voice say that he had Lamar Jack in his top three when he claims he didn't. And when he doesn't, that's $500 he has to pay up. Okay, because that that was a handshake bet. John Suggs is absolutely right. And I forgot about that. And I want that $500. You know he's not going to pay up. 
He doesn't pay up. He's always right. He claims he says that he's six and zero oh when it comes to bets with me. And and do you remember him ever winning a bet with me, Speedy? Honestly. I don't remember. I don't remember. Again, it might have been a while ago if he did. <laughs> I don't remember any bet that he has ever made with me that he won, flat out won against me. Okay? So uh, I can't wait to prove him yeah, wrong I remember again. The, yeah, I remember the Beef winning the bet against you. Yes. I, the beef, I, beef has made some bets. But the Beef, beef is lucky. I mean, the, the, when he when he won that bet with uh, – uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, when, when, remember that? With against the Bears? Yeah, the 15-13 game. They were winning the whole yeah. game. They were winning the whole game in the last 30 seconds <laughs> oh, yeah, of the game. Both teams were awful that and year. And he kicks and a 54 year old That was one of the sloppier games of the year. 50 yard field goal with friggin' 20 something seconds left, and I lost that bet. He pays that bet when he wants to fight. <laughs> Listen, Jeff, he. I don't care what he's doing. It'll be worth every single penny. Give me the $500. I'll put it towards the bet, towards the fight, okay? He's not going to pay that bet because he's not, he doesn't have the balls to pay that bet. And, and you have to prove him wrong on tape just to prove that he was wrong. We, when he claims he never even said it. When I know he said it. Everybody heard him say that Lamar J. He thought Lamar Jackson was a top three uh, quarterback when it came to uh, MVP. And he did say that at that time. Now all of a sudden in, the, in that November 11th episode, he claims he never said it. And I bet him five hundred bucks, and he signed the he, he he shook my hand on live radio. So <laughs> Stark says Beeb is like Mister Magoo. He wanders around Bayshore, and everyone else just looks out for him. And Jeff says he's losing money either way. Then yeah, he's going to lose money in both situations because honestly, when you when you look at guys like Tyler, I love Tyler. He's a nice guy and everything like that. He sits here and he talks sometimes his rubbish, that crazy crap that comes out of his mouth, and then he doesn't back up what he says. He claims he claims he's beaten me six times in a bet, and I never beat him in any bet. Do you? Re- he he couldn't remember the last bet he had against me. Okay. Did you guys bet on the Panarin free agency at that time? Because maybe that he brags about that a lot. Yes, he maybe did. Maybe that was it. Yes, he won that bet. Okay, that was the one bet he ever won. That was the one bet. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the only Panarin. thing I can remember off the top of my head. That was the only bet he ever won against me. That's the only bet, and he brings that up all the time. Right. That's right. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's might it. have been it, and that was that uh, was the bet that he he picked. Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because I, I can't remember another one I because obviously your, most of your arguments are with basketball besides that. I don't remember you guys ever betting about something with that with the we've Warriors bet against, or the we've, LeBron or whatever. We've bet. We've bet. He, he bet that uh, Steph Curry was going to win the MVP last year. <laughs> he bet that. He never won. Okay? Nope. Yeah, and, and by the way, uh, Steph Curry shouldn't have been in the last final three no, I, I didn't think so either. Chris I thought Paul Damian, been in. I would have put Damian Lillard in there. Damian last Lillard, year. Chris yeah. Paul, the guys that actually brought their team to the playoffs, actually won playoff games. Okay, unlike uh, Steph Curry, who couldn't get into the playoffs. All right, so and he says, "Oh, Steph Curry didn't have anybody to play." And then he claims he claims that Steph Curry doesn't have a team. That's the reason why Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors are in first place is only because of Steph Curry. Which is ridiculous. I would say Jordan Poole has something to do with that, too. I I think that whole team has something to do with it. Andrew Wiggins. uh, Draymond Green's played very well. Two-way basketball. This is the best we've seen Draymond Green play since they've won championships. Uh, I I mean, uh, their their young player, the player that they drafted in the the second pick. Yeah, he's barely played, but when he's played, he's played well. He's played well. I mean, they've they've had players play. And what what happens when Klay Thompson comes back? Which could be next week. Yeah, what 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 is he going to say then? You know, it's it's. I'm tired of listening to some rubbish that comes out of his mouth. Okay. Snark says, "Why not start a book of bets that you could document the bet, the amount, the show, we should, etc." Yes, Snark. That that might be too. Uh, that might be too scarred. Tyler for doesn't. Me. <laughs> Tyler doesn't pay up bets. He don't pay up bets. He's never. He's bet me two dinners. 
He bet me a couple weeks ago about dinner. Remember that? I, I never received a dinner. We've gone out to dinner three, four times. <laughs> I've never, he's never even offered. Wow. Okay? So, he, and he knows you lost. And, and he'll never bring it up. But he'll bring up the win. The one time he beat me in Panarin, because our bet was, I remember, I said that Panarin has a better chance of going to the Islanders than the Rangers. He said he's a, he's a Ranger or nothing. Okay? And, and he was right. He was a Ranger. But honestly... Does it really matter? Did the Rangers make? The, how about this? Have they made the playoffs a full, full fledged playoff since they made since Panarin's come to the team? The answer is no. So this might be the first time in three years since Panarin's been there that he they actually make the playoffs. All right. It's like says, can you combine the two dinners into one super dinner? No, because he's not going to pay. You understand? <laughs> that's what people don't get. Tyler doesn't pay bets. That's that's the facts. Those are facts. And there's nothing lost about it. Anyways. <laughs> Hashtag ban the beef. Where is the beef? I mean, he said he was going to call up. Yeah, he just know. called you two hours ago when they're in the car. Now. He said he was going to call up, but I haven't heard from him. I'm actually surprised he actually thought that way with Max Scherzer. Usually he's been, he's been more critical with the Mets. No, you know what it is? Is that Max Scherzer is a dominant pitcher. And when you look at numbers and you look at statistics the last three or four years – the, the first thing that pops into your head is there's no way this guy can could bomb this coming year. There's no way he's going to go to the Mets and, uh, you know, not produce. I mean, he went to the Dodgers, he produced. He was the Nationals, Detroit. Everywhere he's gone, he's produced. So he thinks that for the fact that what Max Scherzer did last year, he's going to go to New York with the Mets and he's going to do exactly the same thing. And the answer is it's different playing in New York. It's completely different playing in New York. The more There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And as soon as he starts to pitch bad or if he doesn't pitch very well, you're going to hear the boos. You're going to hear all this crap. That's why he didn't want to play with the Yankees. And the pressure's on. So he goes to the Mets because he took the big contract. If, if he doesn't produce, I don't want to hear from the Beef. I don't want to hear from Tyler. Oh, man, do you know what I'm going to do to Tyler if, if, if Max Scherzer doesn't produce with the Mets? And the Mets don't make the playoffs this year, even with Max Scherzer. I am going to kill him, okay? Absolutely kill him on live radio. I'm going to say, you're an idiot. Don't speak. I don't want to hear Max Scherzer anymore. You're a moron. Because Max Scherzer, don't matter if he wins, they lose. They don't make the playoffs. So it doesn't even matter. They don't win. You you spend that kind of money. These guys are supposed to help you win championships or at least get you. So, you know, through the playoffs, yeah, they better be a bit in the playoffs this year. They have, they, 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 they that's a big. Bust they have the thing. number. They have the number. What number two? Sal, you know, the yeah, payroll, payroll, and all of baseball. They better, they and better. they might even have the number one active salary because I know, I know the Dodgers payroll. I think is twenty million dollars <laughs> more than the Mets, but I think the Dodgers still have a lot of dead contracts from when Magic Johnson first came in with the teams with the the Carl Crawfords and the John, Josh Beckett's and all those. John uh, Verlander signed with Houston. Yes. Signed a two-year deal. He's not going to Detroit. There's no possibility. <laughs> Jeff says, hashtag make the beef move. Snug says, if Tyler and Kenny cooked a meal together and serve it to you, would that count for your dinner? Jeff says, plot twist, Kenny is Tyler's real dad. Oh, and- Kenny owes me dinner, too. I mean, <laughs> Kenny owes you dinner from three years ago. <laughs> That's why Kenny disappeared. Oh, yeah. No, but Kenny always asked me, when do you want dinner? When do you want dinner? The problem is, is Kenny has to drive from upstate. His father had to bring him from upstate. And right. the last time he called the show, he was smoking wax. So uh, hopefully Kenny's still alive. <laughs> well, the Thanksgiving's Kenny. overdue now, Kenny. I miss Kenny. I, I do. I miss his crazy ass. Uh, he, was, he was awesome when he called the show. He really was. I, I really... 
Some of these guys, Miami Heat, he was funny too. Yes. He, he used to call me and Mike, my, he would go on a cruise, okay? Twice he went on a cruise, Miami. And, and Snug remembers this. And he'd call us up and he would just like, you could tell he was high or something. He was doing something. And he would talk about the girls in the bikinis, the hot tubs, all the crazy extra food, the free food that he was getting. He was out of his mind. Oh, I mean, yeah. We had so many people, you know, so many crazy callers. Oh, yeah. You know. And he definitely he was biased on, on his particular teams. The only time I actually agreed with him was on the 2017 uh, Miami Hurricanes that season because I actually – that was the first turnover chain year. I thought they were for real, and they, they blew out Notre Dame, and then they just collapsed right at the end of the season after they were undefeated. Uh, he's probably in jail or something because he hasn't called up the show forever. I, I mean, seriously. I I actually miss him too. A lot of these guys that you know they and Kenny Kenny called up like one time like four months ago, five months ago. He was <laughs> high as hell. Yep. And then disappears. Classic Kenny fashion. Yes. And and he he brought up the Giants and he said something about Eli again. I said uh, Kenny Eli is retired. He's been retired for almost two years. <laughs> so it says hashtag the Sultan of coleslaw. That is one hundred percent true. He was so drunk so often. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might have been more than that, Slug. No, uh, no, knowing how Miami Heat is, yeah. and Kenny for that matter. Hey, listen, I, I, I love those guys. I love that they called the show. I loved how they crazy they were. It makes the show even more funnier. Uh, so I, if they are listening or if they haven't listened yet and they have a chance to listen, uh, definitely whenever I have a chance to call up again, I, we would love to get you on. Uh, Jeff says Miami <laughs> Heat and Tyler be, be cousins. That, that's, that would be interesting. Uh, we don't even know what Miami Heat look like. <laughs> no, we actually don't. Yeah, because he was on Periscope. We know so what yeah. Kenny looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. He looked like a hippie, te- you know, like – you know, like cowboy or something. He used to wear like cowboy hats, and he he wanted to send me some of his artwork. He says, you know, he says you you want to, I want a couple of bets with Kenny, and he was going to send me some of his artwork, and he sent me pictures of his artwork, and then I picked one of the artworks that I want. He said you have to pay for that. I said you told me that I could pick any one of the artworks. Now I got to pay for it. Kenny, uh, Kenny seems like the uh, the three times version of the. You, you take one of the guys in, in Days of Confused, take one of them in a time machine, and put him in this century, that's Kenny. <laughs> uh, Snug says, hey, who doesn't love special cupcakes? <laughs> Snug, we're never dissing the you special cupcakes. You know, I never cupcakes. had one of your cupcakes, Snug. I'm kind of uh, I'm being selfish now. I, I'd like to have some of your cupcakes. Maybe if you could Yeah, you're always sending all. shirts, Snug. What happened to the cupcakes? Yeah, I, 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 I want to taste these uh, special cupcakes that you make. I, I, I mean, seriously. By the way, uh, Snug uh, got his, like, I guess you could say PhD or his master's degree. Oh, nice. So a couple, at least a year ago, right, Snug? I think you uh, just finished up school. Uh, Congratulations to Snug. I never really had a chance to congratulate him. Yeah, he was mentioning about a year ago. He was doing a lot of that uh, that research for whatever he was doing. So, yeah, congratulations, Snug, for sure. Absolutely. Um, But... uh, uh, to get back into baseball, when you when you look at some of the acquisitions that have made, you know teams have made so far, there's so many guys that are still available. If you look at the free agency market right now, and I, I could scope out the major league free agents, free agency right now, there are so many great relief pitchers right now. Uh, there there's so many good hitters uh, still available. You, we talk about Freeman, uh, we've talked about Correa. Um, so there, there's a, t- a tremendous amount of free agents that are available right now that they're, you know, when it comes to acquisitions and stuff like that, um, yeah, I, I think there's a possibility for a lot of players to be added. 
So is it 2022? Is 2022 it... is this upcoming season, yes. George Springer, no, it was DJ LeMay. No, no, yeah, that was 2021, I'm assuming you're looking at. Because Springer was on a multi-year deal, and... Yeah, and Lemay, he was on a multi-year deal, even though it's an absolute bargain what he got. Uh, was uh, Travis uh, Darno available this offseason? Yeah, because he went to the – yeah, he went to – this is – no, he re-signed with the Braves. So, no, yeah, but sense. he was a free agent this year, right? I guess I guess he I guess he was, yeah. Maybe they gave him an extension? Yeah, that could be. Because I'm, I'm trying to look at it right now, and um, Corey Seager signed, obviously Marcus uh, – Rob Ray signed. I mean, some of the big names have signed already. Uh, but right. They're, they're... Which I think because of the lockout anticipation was rushed more than usual because we've seen the other way around for 2017 on. And these older players especially not get the contracts right away. And then they end up either getting lowballed or they sign these bigger, I guess, one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And most of the guys left available now are, are those there's, I mean, there's a couple good hitters left, but most of them are the older, either the older pitchers, Zach Grinke being one of them, Clayton Kershaw's probably going to re-sign with the Dodgers anyway, but uh, a lot of them are older pitchers that maybe they're trying to figure out a role for them, maybe the contracts are work. Kenley Jansen, they had a, do- a down year last year. We'll see what he gets. Andrew Miller, another another one in this one. Oh, Jerry's Familia. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, thank God he's gone. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there, I'm looking at the list. There's still a lot of good players that are available right now. Chris Bryant's another interesting one, too, because he could play a lot of different spots. I, the Giants have enough money where they can bring him back, but the way they're operating now, it might not be the same. No, nah, they're not bringing him back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, John. Uh, Chris, Chris you Bryant know, the Mets available. could be very much in the hunt for Chris Bryant. I could see that happening if, if somehow in the next couple, of, you know, before the – you know the lockout's over, and you can you can pay Chris Bryant 130, 140. I think Chris Bryant thinks he's a two hundred million dollar player. Yeah, that's why I don't know if the Mets are right now that kind of team. I think if the Mets are going to make that bigger, one more big splash, you'd probably be for pitching. I I, I think between the Kana signing and Eduardo Escobar, Eduardo Escobar serves the versatile middle infielder role, and Kana, if he doesn't play center field, because Marte's going to play center field most of the time, but Kana fills the corner outfield spots. He can also DH if needed, so he kind of fills, they, those two kind of combine to fill what Bryant does. So I think that I think the Mets are probably out on that, unless it's like, yeah, that much of a bargain. Uh, John Sugg says, you think the Yankees could get Trevor Story for short stuff? I don't think Trevor Story will be a Yankee. I think uh, the name that uh, is popping up over and over again, which we talked to Britt last night. Uh, she said Correa. Correa is the guy. You know, he's the big name. Uh, he would fit New York. He's hits in the clutch. Something that the Yankees have. They need a player of that magnitude. He's won a World Series. He's been the center of attention with the Astros. He was the voice of the Astros, and he he wants to play in a big marketplace. So. I think there's a better chance of the Yankees landing Carlos Correa than Trevor Story. Uh, I think that I mean that makes more sense than Trevor Story right now. And Carlos Correa, if he continues to sit, because I thought Correa was going to get the contract before the the lockout, especially with all the big names that came off the boards. Correa was the best shortstop available out of all the shortstop yeah. that was available. He was the best one, and and he's the one that. Doesn't have a contract. I mean, Corey Seager got a $325 million contract. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Correa is going to get that. No, I, I think that's going to be the exception to the rule because the Rangers are in a more of a desperation mode. I don't think any team that is – not even, the Rangers didn't go after Carlos Correa. You know? uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's He's a possibility. He's an Alex Rodriguez type of player. Yeah, His it's a, play, it's a possibility because that lineup depth is still not great. So I, I, the Rangers can't be out on anybody at this point because they need – 
everything to improve their team. They, they said they were going to pay. They were going to spend a hundred million dollars this offseason. And yeah, they, right. they didn't spend. They spent really fifty million. So they still have another fifty million dollars uh, that they could spend. So they can actually go after Carlos Correa and yep. sign him to a thirty some million dollar contract. The Rangers need so much right now, with a lot of their prospects not panning out right now. Outside of Adolis Garcia, who almost won Rookie of the Year this year, that's uh, your. That, you don't have much after that when it comes to the, looking at the Rangers lineup because they lost so many players. A lot of their other players, like Ronald Guzman, like Willie Calhoun, that were supposed to be good prospects, haven't panned out for them. They've always had this problem, either rushing guys up or their prospects get hurt or something like that, and they're pitching. Again, they traded Kyle Gibson to the Phillies last year, and they don't have anything else really besides that. They lost Lance Lynn in previous off-seasons. He went to the White Sox. So, yeah, they have a, they have a lot of fans to go for, so they might have no choice. Uh, John says, I think the Nationals will go after Chris Bryant. Maybe, but they it's probably have to overpay because mm-hmm. they're they're kind of in a transitional mode now. They traded Turner, obviously. They traded Max Scherzer, and their team's getting older now. The Nationals had their last hurrah with the World Series win in 2019, but we all kind of knew that that team was on the older side, and outside of both, obviously, Soto being great, but also Victor Robles, who was supposed to be a top-10 prospect and didn't pan out so far, they really had nothing in that farm system besides that, and mm. they're gonna have, they need a lot to really just – create some kind of balance on that team because the Nationals are aggressive spending when it comes to pitching and they haven't been able to develop as many when the homegrown hitters but even when they won the World Series a lot of the hitters they had were small scale veterans that worked out Howie Kendrick was a big part of their postseason Brian Dozier throughout the year these are all guys from the outside obviously Rendon was great but that's really the only one that was homegrown and Soto those are really the homegrown the rest they had to fill up their lineup and now they're not going to be able to and look at Rendon he goes to another team and he can't stay healthy Mm -hmm. I mean well he's had that promise all career so I'm not surprised well but again he got a lot of money the Angels paid him mm-hmm. a lot of money in the offseason a uh, year and a half ago. He missed the whole season with Mike Trout right. last year. Mike Trout had 100 and some at-bats we were just talking about. Rendon had less. I think he had like 70 Yeah, at-bats. Rendon got hurt first. I think it was early May. Then Trout got hurt later in May. And he was supposed to come back for many different times and never did. And once the Angels were out of it, they just held him out. And then they really had to trust a lot of other guys to take on bulk By roles. the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, Speedy. Uh, shout out to Ben. Uh, he had surgery today. Oh, yeah. uh, he missed uh, the beginning of the show. He's sorry. No, we're sorry that you missed the beginning of the show, but we're happy that you're on, Ben. Stay on. Uh, uh, we 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 have nothing. We've had nothing but prayer for you. Uh, we hope that you get better sooner than later. I mean, you've been going through surgery after surgery with these kidney stones. Yeah. I can't believe. How many surgeries you've been through already with these kidney stones? Keep fighting, Ben. I know. Absolutely. And I I mentioned it to you on Twitter about a week ago when you posted that last picture. Always keep fighting, Ben. We're always there for you with everything you're going through. Absolutely. Uh, Snug also says the Rangers are the Mets of the American League. In a way, I I think both of them have had opposite strengths over the course of their over their existences. The Rangers obviously went to the two World Series. The Mets went to the one recently. Yeah, they're kind of on and off, both kind of on and off teams. But the Rangers are always better when they have the hitters, and the Mets are always better when they have the pitchers. So they're kind of opposite in that regard. Actually, uh, the Rangers have been to the World Series a, a lot more than the Mets have. Yeah, the they, went, they went twice. Yeah, they went <laughs> twice. But I think Stug is right in the sense where they're kind of flash-of-the-pan playoff teams, and then they're on and off. And even even in the middle of the, the decade, last uh, last decade, the Rangers 2015, and then the Blue Jays beat them with a Batista black bat flip and then 2016 they were the number one seed in the American League and the Blue Jays beat them in the playoffs that year then they flamed out again so they're kind of similar where they they both have their little phases and then then they just they're just not stable what they what they they had the through. chance to win they just couldn't get over the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and they couldn't beat the teams that they should have beaten 
in, in those years. But right. um, I, I will say this, that the, the Texas Rangers, um, being that they're in the American League and so many things could happen in the American League, and if they can add the right players. The problem with the Rangers over the years is they add players in free agency and it doesn't pan out for them. They wind up trading them away. Same thing with the Mets. They bring in free agents, uh, a.k.a. all the other players that I've mentioned before the show even started. Uh, we talked about Bobby Bonilla. Did he, did he work out? No, they're still paying him. I mean, uh, Jason Bay, another guy that they brought in uh, from the Boston Red Sox. The Beef told me before the show, he says, I didn't like Jason Bay. But he was an MVP candidate with the mm-hmm. Red Sox. He comes to the Mets. He absolutely bombed. Uh, was Jason worth the Met for a little bit? No, uh, uh, Michael Kadire was. Michael Kadire yeah. was another guy. David Wright's best friend. Right. He comes to the team. Did he produce his, it, like he did when he was uh, over there with the Colorado Rockies? No, he wasn't. No. I mean, how many players do we have to name? And, and then there are players that leave him, like Travis Darnot, who he was a horrible player. Everybody thought he was the best player of that, that trade from him and Noah Syndergaard uh, trading away. What's his name again? The uh, split finger. R.A. Dickey, yeah. The knuckleball pitcher. Yep. Mm-hmm. R.A. Dicker. R.A. Dickey. He's no longer in the, uh, in the league. Noah Syndergaard became the best player in the, play, the, the, the trade, and they traded away Travis Darnot. And by the way, he played in two World Series <laughs> with two different teams. Yeah. Okay, and it was a big part of those World Series, too. Yeah, the Mets also have a big problem when it comes to relief pitchers, too. They always bring in names that are supposed to be good, and then they, they bomb with the Mets, too. I mean, Travis Darnot was probably a top-10 catcher in the league last year. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he had a small sample size; he was hurt, but doesn't yeah, matter. I would say, yeah, I would say in terms of his overall value to the Braves, because it's a big drop off when you get to the Tyler Flowers and even some of the other young catchers that they had on that team, and it just really didn't do anything. That was really, when you look at the Braves' balance, that was really the only position they were flawed at when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But once he came back, obviously, you could see how complete the Braves were, which is something that never happened with the Mets. No, well, the Mets never stay healthy, and that's why this Max Scherzer move could really affect them in the long run. I don't care what Met fans say, and uh, we listened to Britt again, and she, she had her own start, and she's friends with Max Scherzer, so of course she's going to stand up for him, and she said, why don't the Yankees go after him? Uh, I don't care if you're a Yankee fan. The Yankees were actually smart not going after well, Yeah, Max the Scherzer. Yankees are in a different position where they have their splash pitcher already, so the Yankees were trying to fill so out depth So does the Mets. More. They have Jacob DeGrom. Right, but DeGrom's contract is not big, where the Mets still could have said, alright, we need more, and also the Mets' stability is still not at the same extent of where the Yankees are at. The Mets are trying to build now with a rich owner and they should have made the playoffs last year. Collapsed badly in the second half. Probably had the biggest one, maybe, or seconds to the Padres, whatever you want to say. They, the Mets are not in the position like the Yankees are in, where right. the Yankees are looking for the couple missing pieces. Now the Yankees got their big big signing, and now the Yankees are now to the extent not happy. They're not happy Yankee fans, that's for sure. Well, sure. The, the Yankee fans are going to overreact no matter what happens. There's always going to be some. I'm a Yankee fan, and I, to, to me, I'm actually happy Brian Cashman didn't go out and get Max Scherzer. I, I'm not... I don't. I would not be happy as a Yankee fan to, to today if they have Max Scherzer. Everybody says that, that's not true. It is true. I don't want another pitcher or another player to come to this team that's overage, that we're overpaying, that doesn't produce and doesn't really help us win a championship because of injury or because he's just not good anymore. I don't want as good as Max Scherzer was last year, and it probably will be good this year with the Mets if he can pitch in New York. I don't know if he's the missing piece that's going to help him win a championship. And I'm telling you right now, if Max Scherzer doesn't win a championship with the Mets, to me, I don't care how good he pitches, it's not going to mean anything. And that's what I told the beef today. If Max Scherzer doesn't help you win a championship, did he fail? He says no. If he pitches 16, 17 wins every single season, he didn't fail. He's not the reason why. 
You bring that kind of pitcher. You make that splash. You spend that kind of money to win championships. If you don't get in the playoffs, he doesn't help you get in the playoffs, and he's not a big pitcher in the playoffs, then guess what? It was a waste of money. Because right now, as good as Garrett Cole has been, runner been runner-up uh, in the Cy Young this year, she's third runner-up in last year's Cy Young, that's not good enough. You don't win. You did, you lost against the Red Sox in a wild-card game, okay? You were there to win. You're there to win championships. You don't win. You're a failure. And right now, Garrett Cole is, a ta- to, to me, a bad move by the Yankees. Uh, John says player people were saying about that about Kershaw until he won in 2020. Absolutely. Yep. Snug says, I was pretty happy with the Yankees last year. And John says, uh, number one Purdue going down to Rutgers. Wow, 70 to 68. Well, um, I'm not surprised. I, <laughs> and, and Rutgers has a good coach. We know him from Stony Brook. Yep. Uh, he's a great coach. And I don't know, maybe Rutgers gets into the uh, – you know, the Sweet 16? They yeah, should, they, not they, Sweet 16, I'm they, sorry. They should the have made it last year. They, they almost made the Sweet 16 last year, and they, they blew it in the second half against Houston. They were up by, what, 12 with five minutes ago? Mm-hmm. And blew it. So they should, yeah, they should have been in last year. So they're still building it in a tough, tough Big Ten, which yeah. always has been. And I, I didn't think Purdue would last as long as number one, but still, it was definitely surprising they lost as much as they did. Mm-hmm. Or as quickly I mean, as they did. This might be a year for Rutgers. So why don't we get into some NFL conversation. Week 13. Uh, you know, for the New York teams, there's really nothing to talk about. I, I really, and I, and by the way, there is rumors right now that there there is a blockbuster trade looming right now with the Timberwolves and uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Did Ooh, you hear about this? Wow. The Did Timberwolves. No, I didn't hear the Timberwolves. I've heard the Sixers and the Blazers were discussing stuff with C.J. McCollum and Ben Simmons, but I did not hear about the Timberwolves. I'm That's... trying to scoop over here. I'm going to go through this. Oh, here it is. Minnesota would receive Damian Lillard and Ben McLemore, and Portland would receive D'Angelo Russell, uh, Tareem Prince, a Minnesota 2024 first-round pick, unprotected, uh, uh, Minnesota 2025 First round pick, swap more favorable, Portland top one protected, Minnesota okay. 2026, 2027, and 2028. Wow. <laughs> Five first round picks. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. Wow, Prince that's a lot. For Damian Lillard and Ben McLemore. That's wow. the rumor. That's the rumor. That's hefty. I mean, but that that's... You're trying to win a championship. Oh, of course. I mean, you put Damian Lillard with obviously Carl Anthony Towns and Edwards. I yeah, mean, that's, that's a that's, that's a good three. That's that's a big one. A Rod swinging for the fences. Uh, obviously, unintended on that one. You're giving away your future. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, yeah, yeah. That's for your uh, 2024 through 2028. Yeah, that's a that's five first round picks. And yeah, don't be surprised win, as soon as he get, if he if this does happen and he gets traded to Minnesota. Don't be surprised if Ben Simmons is on his way there too. Yeah, that, that, that was another one that was interesting. Damian Lillard says he wants to play with Ben Simmons. That's a, that's a, interesting. Don't be surprised if you see something like that happen, where mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is somehow. Could you imagine Ben Simmons, Damian Lillard, Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns on one team? That's yeah, a pretty good team. It, what it seemed like the obvious swap was was bringing back with the Sixers rumor that we heard at the at the end of the offseason with Damian Lillard. Because it's evident that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum don't want to play together. That's a rumor, and that's a, this is a real rumor. Yes, and uh, this this could happen. Uh, that right now uh, there is conversation right now with Portland and uh, the Timberwolves. So the Blazers and the Timberwolves are right now talking on a possible trade. So I, I do believe Damian Lillard will be traded before the yeah. trade deadline or mm-hmm. at, uh, at the trade deadline. I don't know from who, but that's a lot. Five first-round draft picks and uh, 
uh, two two players, two really good players. D'Angelo Russell is now no shoo-in. Okay? Yes. He's a good point guard. So, and for Damian Lillard, I mean, uh, D'Angelo Russell is averaging 17, 18 points. Damian Lillard is only averaging 21. I mean, obviously, Damian Lillard's a better player, and he's going to make you a better team. But is he the missing piece that's going to help you win a championship in that that really big, top-heavy, uh, you know, obviously, Western Conference, right. you know, with uh, obviously Steph Curry you have to play against a couple of times. You're going to have to play him in the playoffs. You have the Suns. I mean, that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a rocky, rocky move. The Timberwolves better hope that that works. I mean, yeah, you're dealing, you're dealing with a lot with even a lot of the – the small market teams. You better sign Damian Conference. Lillard too, because you only have him for two years. Yeah, and I think I think A Rod with that ownership group will make that happen for sure. If 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 they do end up pulling off this kind of trade, I think the five first round picks is definitely maybe extra incentive because they obviously were never thought of as being that team to begin with. They were in the rumors for Ben Simmons. I never heard them in the rumors for Damian Lillard at all. It's right here. Yeah, right here. That's that's, that's fascinating though. But again, it just definitely shows that the Timberwolves are trying to shift to that kind of team because basketball is not one of those sports where you see necessarily the, the primary cities have to be the big market teams all the time. Now, L.A. is obviously the exception of that. We've seen Miami. But beyond that, the Knicks, and the Knicks are hit or miss when it comes to the free agents, as we know. The Nets, they do it once in a while. But even before the 2012 season, they were never always like that either. Mm-hmm. Now the Nets are like that with Durant and Harden, obviously, and Kyrie if he does play. But now the Timberwolves are kind of entering that market now, too, where you're saying, all right, we're seeing – these other second tier cities, I guess, or these other teams that maybe never got the big splash before start to do it. Even again, even a team like the Clippers and the Warriors were that way kind of too. The Clippers are the second team in LA, mm-hmm. obviously. And the Warriors, yeah, they're kind of a bigger market, but they're still they still were never thought of as like, all right, we're gonna spend for everybody until they did what they did. <laughs> I, I wanna get into football and the NFL week thirteen. I know a lot of people are Excited about this week. Uh, there's a couple of really big games. The Cowboys in Washington is a very big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the battle of the number, you know, the number one seed in the NFC East. Uh, you know, right now Washington is six and six. They're playing good football right now. Yep. Cowboys aren't playing good football right now. And uh, if they win, if Washington wins this game, they're one win away from taking over that spot as the number one team. And I think they play the Cowboys another time. Yeah, one more time. Yeah. So if they win these two games and the Cowboys don't keep on winning, I mean, Washington could be the number one seed in the NFC. Who would have thought that, the way the Cowboys came up so strong? I think that at one point they were 7-0. and They were 7-1 and because they lost their first game of the beginning of the season at Tampa when Greg Zerline missed all those field goals. Right. And since then, they only have won one game. They beat the Saints on Thursday Night Football. Uh, they were... They were seven and one, and now they're eight and five. So you're judging a case where this is uh, you're running into a Washington team that's hot. They've won three straight games. Their defense mm-hmm. finally playing to their ability. Mm-hmm. Finally, not allowing the big plays that they have in their secondary much of the year. Even without Chase Young, they still have good pass rush depth, and it's showing. And offensively, while they haven't been overly consistent. They've gotten production from more depth than we realize. They got Curtis Samuel back. Their backup running backs have played well when Antonio Gibson Antonio Gibson's the feature guy, but they've played well as a complimentary guy. So Washington is coming, and again, they're holding a wild card spot right now, too. And they are definitely playing for something, even if they don't win the division. And it looks like we got a caller. We have a caller, and guess who's on? The Beef. What's going oh, on, Oh, talking about the Cowboys, of course. What's up, big guy? How are you? I'm good, man. We were waiting for you. <laughs> Happy to get you yeah. on. Yeah, I figured that. Um, do you know Dak Prescott is seven and one against the Redskins career? Yes, yeah, I do know. Right. Mm-hmm. I do know, but right now the way the Cowboys are playing, 
Uh, yeah, but he, they're getting healthier right now, so they can they can have a full lineup of, of all healthy defenders this weekend. Do you think that's going to make a difference going into yes. Washington? The way the Washington Redskins defense, I mean, the Washington football team is I, playing I, I, right I, now I, defensively. I, I think the Cowboys blow them out. To be honest, with the you. Cowboys can't wow. stop the run. The Cowboys can't stop the run. And, and are we watching what Gibson is doing right now? For for the Washington football team right now, I, yeah, Antonio Gibson's gonna right now is one of my favorite players in the league. He he, he you know, what he reminds me of Clinton Portis. Remember Clinton Portis? Yeah. That's yeah. who he reminds mm-hmm. me of. The way he the way he runs up the gut. He's power. He's a power back. Mm-hmm. And remember, he came into the league as a wide receiver. He wasn't a running back. He only yeah. played one game in college football as a running back. So this guy was a wide receiver. He was a what was he a second or third round draft pick? He was a third round pick, and he was a ga- he was a gadget player, a good gadget player, but one of the better gadget players at Memphis because also in that backfield was Daryl Henderson. So Henderson was actually more of a feature back in that Memphis offense, and they had somebody else too that was good. I'm trying to I forget his name off the top of my head because that was a potent offensive team. I remember Riley Ferguson was the quarterback. He was a good college quarterback, big arm guy, and. They always had that good system, but Antonio Gibson, was he going to be the good pure runner was the question with him. And he kind of started slow last year, too, like he did this year, and now he's starting to get it going again. And that's a big key for Washington. I think think this is the game where the Cowboys are going to make a huge statement. And they're gonna go into they're gonna go into Washington and they're gonna mop the floor with them. Wow, you're thinking that big of a blowout for a team that's high. Yes. And, they've, and they've beaten good teams. They better. Remember, they they beat the Buccaneers recently, and they held that they held so that high powered offense if, if, if to 19 Cowboys, points. Well, if the Cowboys don't go in there and do it, they will not win the division. So, well, that's that's pretty much uh, that's yeah. Not it's a sell it's right December. There. It's December, Beef. This is usually when the Cowboys start to crumble. So you, they better start I, to I think turn the Cowboys their fortune. Make the playoffs. I mean, they should. Actually, there's really Absolutely. no obvious other threat in the NFC but that the Cowboys would they'd have to lose three games in order for that to happen because the, I think no, the Vikings have, are the first team out. They'll the win tonight, game, but the only game that they might probably will lose would be Arizona. Okay, but that doesn't mean they still can't lose Not elsewhere. Necessarily, too, Arizona hasn't played the, well for the, the last NFC couple East. Weeks the NFC they have won. The NFC East division games are always a toss-up, too, where yeah, we've seen I mean, some spoilers. They have the Giants left, and they have Philly left, too, right? Right, but we've also seen spoilers, too, with those NFC East teams in the past as well that are right on the borderline. Washington has done it to the Cowboys a lot of the times. The Eagles did it to or the, the Eagles did it to the Giants when the Giants were close in twenty in yeah, twenty fifteen. Like there's instances I mean, the where way it the happens. Eagles and the Giants are playing right now. A high school football team could beat them. Come on. I, but the Eagles are six and seven. They're not. They're not a no shoeing either. Football, though, mm, I wouldn't say that. I, they're the they're on and off for a team that has always been hurt. A team that no, I think is more talent than a lot of people think, football. but. They are not playing good football the whole season. They've been playing well on the road, though, and they're always pesky. They have a great pass rush. They, they've had they don't have a good pass rush. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, Brandon no. Graham, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave. Not yeah, they have a the good games pass rush. That I've been watching with them, they've not looked good at all. They've been bad against the run in comparison to previous years, but their pass rush is still talented. They have Darius Slay. That wasn't a penalty, by the way. That wasn't a penalty. Form. If you're watching the football game right now, they called it a penalty. That is not a penalty. That wasn't a helmet-to-helmet. That was a clean hit. Yeah, that was a clean hit. That was a clean hit. And the fact that they called a penalty over there was bull. Well, That's all I can say. We've seen, these, we've seen how bad these refs have been all year. So. That was a clean hit. That was a good, hard hit. And it, This is football. This is not a, this is not a girl's sport. This is a full-contact <laughs> sport, man. And I don't Again, they're trying to protect the. I understand they're trying to protect the players, but it still doesn't make any sense. And by the way, Dalvin Cook is feasting tonight. He really is feasting. He's playing great, 
great football right now, and, and, and it's good for me because I need him. <laughs> well, you, you need to win to get in. So. Yeah, well, the, it's the way he's playing tonight. So if he can give me another touchdown, it, it's, it's I, I this could seal the deal for me this week. Absolutely. I mean, because I needed a guy that's going to get me 30-something points this week, and not just my quarterback. If he can get me 30-something points, I, I – I, I could be in very, very good shape this week. Very good shape. John says, uh, imagine him uh, referring to refer to Damian Lillard on the Celtics with Tatum and Jason, Jalen Brown. Uh, Snug says, what has to happen for Speedy to roll up in a Cowboys jersey while wearing a Cowboys hat? Uh, yeah, I don't need flashbacks of that, Snug. <laughs> well, I do have a picture of that, Speedy. I know you do. Yeah, you you showed it to me last year. I'm amazed you still have it. I got a picture of Speedy in a moo-moo and a dress. And a, I, I, again, I, I said this when Snug right brought it off last time. The Cowboys jersey would, uh, was honestly more painful to have to endure myself in, the, in a Tony Romo jersey. <laughs> really? All good as a dress in your grandmother's yeah, dress? Yeah, yeah. That was actually harder for me to endure. The one time the Seahawks are one and done in the playoffs. They were never one and done in the playoffs. The one time they are against the Cowboys or wow. they win, what, one playoff or two playoff games before that in the last 20 years. And the Lions game was a very controversial one that uh, maybe they shouldn't have won. <laughs> well, I mean, the only, the only thing that concerns me about this game is McCarthy came out and opened up his mouth today. Oh, so. did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Jeff says Shoprite has traded Beave to Kroger for two Rosetta rotisserie chickens. <laughs> rotisserie chickens. Like says Beave oh, needs geez. to join a support group for people who are preoccupied with refs. <laughs> and naturally, hashtag ban the beef. Oh man, but I, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was gonna say, why don't you tell Snug to step in the ring with me? We'll see who comes. Ooh, down. that could be a good one. Uh, Snug, would you would you actually be the undercard for Jeff and Tyler versus the Beef? That would be nice, man. That he would wants be to sit behind the he wants to sit behind the computer and talk all this crap. Yeah, come see me in the ring. We'll see what I do to him. <laughs> he'll, he'll be on freaking life support. <laughs> you hear that? That's a challenge, Snug. He's got a challenge then, on you. And then, and then after I'm done, I'm going to shove, shove cupcakes up his ass. Oh, well, here you Snug said. Snug like cupcakes up his Snug ass. Snug said, who could resist? <laughs> yeah. You going to fly over here, Snug? Would you fly over here to fight the beef? Yeah. The big bed Snug versus BV Beef? That would be it's gonna be It's going to be no hold bars. I'm going to take a baseball bat right to his head. No, you can't do that. We got we to gotta be fair on this. No, that is going to be fair. No, you can't use there. a bit. You just said you'd you fight him in a ring. You can't. You can't. This is no hold bar. What do you think this is? <laughs> a cage match? I mean, like, come on. This isn't like uh, no hold bar with a Hulk Hogan and Zeus. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Why not? <laughs> uh, Snug <laughs> says, I'm a baker, not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. What, are you going to burn him with the oven? <laughs> a pot. <laughs> They'll stick a pot up your ass. <laughs> then, then, then I'll fight him in the kitchen, man. I don't care. We can't play oh, 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 so you're going to fight him in the kitchen now. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you two idiots. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, uh, we'll, we'll do our picks, but I, I think this, so, is a very good, this is a very winnable so, game for Washington, man. This really yeah, is. I, I, no, I don't I think Cowboys are going to come in there and they're going to they're gonna blow them out. Really? Blow them out? Mm. Blow them out. Uh, there's a couple of really big games this week that I think are going to be really fun to watch. The Raiders in Kansas City, uh, that's going to be a really good game. Even the Jets and the Saints, because the Saints are still fighting for a playoff spot. They need this game really, really bad. And to go into New York, 
Uh, there are some there are some things that they've had problems stopping the secondary of a lot of teams uh, and wide receivers of a lot of these different teams. I mean, the, the, you know, Elijah Moore could feast on these these Saints corners. So yeah, the question is, will Elijah Moore get the attention from Lattimore? Because Lattimore still played great for them. It's just the other corners have been up and down. They've been starting their rookie impulse of the Debo. They've had uh, they've had flashes with Bradley Roby. They've had other veteran corners that just have been in and up and down this season. The Saints still stopping the run, obviously, very well. But, yeah, if, they, if Elijah Moore doesn't get Lattimore attention, I agree with that. How about the Ravens and the Browns? Six and six Browns, eight and four Ravens. The Ravens haven't played good football. Lamar Jackson has looked horrible the last three weeks. He really has looked really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. at one Including point, the, Browns. the first five games, six games, I mean, Lamar Jackson was looking like an MVP candidate. And really has fallen off, really, the last three or four games. He's you not- wonder if this might be the best thing for him, though, because usually he steams hot at the end of the season. He maybe. did that, and then he falls off in the playoffs. Maybe this is a good time for to have an adjustment process and maybe try to relearn his game, like try to try to figure out ways to improve like his well-rounded game and maybe make it harder for them to figure out in the playoffs. And you wonder, too, if maybe the, uh, the coaching, too, is maybe trying to hide things from them, too. We've seen teams do that where they disguise and then don't know the play call, and then they come back with it in the playoffs. Like I don't know, or, or, or is it his line just falling apart on him? Well, yeah, his line is hurt. It is, Ronnie Stanley's out for the year. They've had ish, injuries on their interior. And Don't be surprised if Baltimore tries to trade up uh, with some of these teams like the Giants or the Jets. Uh, I'm willing to give up two first-round draft picks to get up there for a Neal or somebody like that where they can help solidify that offensive line, which has been horrible this year. They need a, a big-time tackle. They lost Brown in the offseason to Kansas City. I think that's definitely affected them. And I don't know how they didn't think it was. And, and by the way, Kansas City's offensive, uh, offensive line trouble is starting to figure things out. So watch out for Kansas City. I will say, though, they made, they made good use of that pick helping up their pass oh. rush, though, because they lost all the pass rushers they did in the offseason. And Wait, Jason so, so, so Moe has played very well. So you think the Raiders and the Chiefs are going to be close in that game? Oh, yes. yes. It'll yes. be a fun game to watch. The Raiders, the Raiders' defense has still played well. They just need their offense to get back into form. Because Where was that game? At in KC? Kansas City. At KC. But also oh, the Chiefs on bye. You wonder if that could hurt a little momentum, too. No, Casey's going to mop the floor with them, too. Really? I mean, yeah. The Raiders' defense is good, though. Kansas please. City's had problems taking, taking tight ends out. And then you have one of the best tight ends in football coming, coming to KC, who I could have feast on Kansas City Chiefs this week. I don't know about that. Um, uh, they've had problems with tight ends all season long. They have, but I think that their defense And, and by the way, Darren better. Waller has been the best, if not the best, the second best tight end in football. So everybody that says Kelsey and uh, what's his name again from, from 49ers? Kittle. Kittle. All these guys Kittle. are better than him. Uh, that's not true because this year, Waller's been better than both of them. So mm. and, and, and no, just, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm just saying I think Kansas, Kansas City is – it's very hard to go into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City. Yes, but we uh, Oakland has done it. He's done. The done Raiders it did it last year. Yeah, they they've done. And it they were and they're better this year than they were last. Is Waller hurts? Uh, uh, Jeff yeah, says, he's he's been in and out with injury. He missed last week's game, but he's played well. He's he, been one of the best tight ends in football. Yeah, he got hurt on Thanksgiving in that game against the Cowboys. He left the game in the early in the second quarter. I didn't know that. Yeah, he missed last week's game and. Uh, yeah, I think he's listed is as he questionable. Playing? He should. Uh, he it's leaning towards he should play, but it's not guaranteed yet. Huh. But they've uh, also their other tight ends have played 
not great as like Waller does, but has played productive in his mm. absence, which still makes it a tough matchup for a Chiefs team that doesn't have a lot of great linebackers. Honey Badger is great, but he still is not always in the raw safety role. He's a slot corner. He, he'll blitz sometimes in the Spagnolo defense. So there's no guarantee he'll be guarding that either. And a lot of these other linebackers for the Chiefs, outside of their rookie and Nick Bolton, who's played well, that they really don't have much when it comes to that. And Spagnolo, the way he blitzes, that leaves a lot of voids up the actually, middle. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Travis Kelsey's had a better season than Darren Waller. Uh, he's had a actually Travis Kelsey has slowly had a better. Uh, he he started off very slow the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, but he's been inconsistent for his standards though too. <laughs> he's got 848 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he's going to have over a thousand yards this year. Mm. I mean, that's pretty good season for a tight end to have a thousand yards. So I tell, I'll tell you who, need, who needs a I knew who needs a big win this week is San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's play, they've played pretty well the last couple. They're, of weeks. they're playing Cincinnati. That's going to be yeah. Insane. That's an interesting matchup because the the Forty ers wide receivers have played better than they did at the beginning of the season as a consistency base and Kittle too against a Bengals defense that has had weaknesses in their secondary in recent weeks. We saw the Chargers, even not not their primary guys, a lot of their secondary guys eat up the Bengals secondary. And I said week 13. It's week 14. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be an interesting matchup. And then their, their defense. It's going so fast. Their defense way. against those Bengals wide receivers. That's going to be a tough one for the 49ers secondary, which not only has had trouble with penalties, but if they don't get a pass rush going, which they have in recent weeks, they have gotten a lot better in their front seven where they were in the beginning I'm going to tell you that it could be a shocker this week. Uh, the Bears going to Green Bay. Uh, if you remember what Aaron Rodgers said at the end of the Chicago Bears game, mm-hmm. the last time they played, saying that I've dominated, I've, I'm, I, they should call. What, what did he say? He said something very, very funny about the Bears. Yeah, uh, they should make me the owner or something like that. Well, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and now the the, the, the Chicago just, uh... Bears. Now the Chicago Bears are going into Green Bay. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are just rolling. They're nine and three. How about the Bears surprising the world and knocking off the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay? That could happen. I don't think they've won in Lambeau no, since that. Yeah. Uh, that Doesn't uh, matter. But that's what makes it even more interesting and fun to make a bet on that. It was a, it was the Thanksgiving game. The game Brett Favre got his got his number retired. Is, is um. Is what's his name Fields coming into this game? Is yes, he playing he, in this he's game? Playing. He's playing oh. in this game. So why not? Why can't why can't that happen? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to bet on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago goes well, into Aaron, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers told Bear fans, "I own you." That's, yeah, what, he, that's what it was. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and and that's that tells you, you know, the Bears are going to go into the game. They're going to have some rebellion. And, and, and he just doubled down on it. Also, said it, he said it again recently this week or later or something. Good. Not surprising. Good, and that 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 pushes the coaching and that pushes the Bears to go into uh, Green Bay and Lambeau and knock off our Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on Chicago this week. I would bet on Chicago because I think they're going to come out strong. And they're going to have a lot to prove against the Bears. Jeff yeah, says, I don't think they beat them. No, but it might be closer than people think, though. Uh, Jeff says, Ravens aren't trading up. They need wide receiver and can get that wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Waller is hurt. And John says, with Casey got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, that is huge. Yeah, we'll see how he how overall snap-wise he'll get. Because, yeah, the Chiefs' backup running backs have actually started to play better in recent weeks. Uh, it was uh, Darrell Williams who was great against the first matchup against the Raiders. He had, I think, nine catches for 100-something yards, and then he had 87 rushing yards. And between that and even Jarek McKinnon, who's gotten some reps too, 
we'll see how much Hilaire makes a difference. But I think game plan wise, it's still got to be a little different because a lot of times we see blowouts and then they'll try to stick with the game, same game plan. It's not going to work. And the Raiders still have a good front seven too, which is not going to make it easy for them to have a consistent rushing attack. I think that was just one down week where they were trying to game plan too much for the pass. And now mm. they're going to make some adjustments. Uh, Rogers, Jeff says Roger owns the bears and Henneke owns the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, yeah. He's not even the back seven to one against the, the Redskins. So there you go. Oh, the Washington football team. I'm how sorry. about, the the Buccaneers and the Bills that that could yeah, be the biggest game of the week. I mean, the sure. Bills need to come back after that bad loss against the the, the Patriots. They need this game against the Buccaneers. They need to go into Tampa and beat the Buccaneers because a game that they should have had, they should have won against the Patriots. Being that they're home, it was cold, it was windy. It's they, you know, it was on their well, field. I think the only reason why they lost was because of the wind. I don't think that. I, I mean. Josh Allen has one of the best arms in football, if not the best arm in football. I don't think that makes a difference. If anything, that should have helped him that it was windy. Well, well it depends on which direction it's blowing. But, yeah, it, B, there were, other, there were other factors to it, too. Yeah, the, the Patriots, Patriots ran all over them. Not only that, the the Patriots, again, they they were good at taking out the top taking out the top receiver a lot of the time. Stefan Diggs, I think, only at 65 yards. And the Bills, in those kinds of conditions, they need other guys to step up. And they don't have the consistent running game that the, uh, these other teams do that are AFC yeah, contenders to play those kinds defense. of snow games. They were the Patriots have the number one defense. Well, yeah, there's also that to factor in. But we also see, we also see the Patriots do well with letting teams oh, run and let them score when they need to. Uh, Mike McCarthy says we're confident that we will win this week against the Washington football team. I told you. Wow, Mike McCarthy like... talking crap now, huh? Oh, sorry, Beef. They're going to lose now. <laughs> <laughs> if Mike McCarthy's talking crap, oh, my God. You, you uh, better beware on that. John says, Bucks win. Bills are going to slip up, and Dolphins might get second place by the end of the season. No. I, I don't see that happening. No. Hey, but by head- the way, I, I'm going to give a shout-out to Jeff because Jalen Waddle's having a sensational year. Jeff, you should call the show. You could call the phone, uh, my phone, and we could put you on with the beef. If you call the other phone, uh, the beef won't be able to hear you. But if you want to call my phone, the 631-965-4990, you could call the phone. I can merge you into the call. But, uh, you know, your thoughts to the whole Bucks. I mean, not the Bucks, uh, the Washington football team and the Cowboys. But there's quite a few games that really stand out. And by the way, the charge, the, the Giants, uh, we'll, we'll put Jeff on, but the Chargers. Um, the Chargers and the Giants have a lot of guys out. Mm-hmm. The Giants are on the third string quarterback. The Chargers have two receivers out on the COVID list. And now they're going to have to play with a lot of backup guys there. All right. We have the Beave and Jeff on the phone together. What's going on, boys? Ah, live and in color on Snapper Vision. Hello, Beave. What's up, Jackass? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jackass. Here I am. You know, we, we talk off air sometimes, and here I am rooting for the Cowboys sometimes. You're not rooting for the Cowboys. You never root for the Cowboys. <laughs> That's not true. How many times did I tell you we were texting, and I was like, they should use Tony Pollard more, and they should do Yeah, but that, that, doesn't, that means that you don't, you're, not, you're just trying to tell them what to do, and you're not actually rooting for them. <laughs> Buddy, I, I had bet the Cowboys and was trying to root them on to victory because I selfishly. Yeah, because, 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 because there was money in there. That's, why. That's the only reason why you were rooting for them. Right, but I bet the Cowboys. I could have just said, no, I hate the Cowboys. Well, maybe, well, you, do hate, and I'm just... you do hate the Cowboys. No, 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 I don't. I hate their fans. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that, Beef. He always says that he doesn't hate the Cowboys. He just hates the fans. Yeah, all right. It sounds like Stephen A. So no, I 
I, I, I'm just like him I'm, when it comes I'm, to Ranger how fans. How long have I said that? How long? Have All I the time. That? I've said that forever. He doesn't like. He doesn't hate the Cowboys. He always said he doesn't hate the Cowboys. He, he just hates no because the they're cow. No, right. I don't hate the Cowboys. It's just their fans just you know cupping the balls all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do is just cupping everybody's balls. Like idiot fans that say, you know, Zeke Elliott's better than Barry Sanders. Brilliant taste. <laughs> and says, uh, McCarthy doesn't know what he's talking better. about. Uh, he also says, I hate the Cowboys and their fans. Snug says, hashtag Cowboys fans are the worst. Hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> <laughs> No, so so you so so oh, Beef, you and think the, and the Cowboys are going to win three Super Bowls in a row? You'll see. Well, I, that was joking he, when I said that. He took so that back. He did take that back, Jeff. He that did. Was he had to take it back because he didn't realize how stupid it was. But no, Jeff, I said it very sarcastically. But, but Beef, you you but you did say that you think Dak is going to win three Super Bowls, maybe not in a row, but you think he's going to win three of them. No, I said I think he can win three in his career. Sure. Yeah, and my comment to that was where is he going to get traded to do so? He better start winning soon. I think he's going to have his foot on backwards three times before he ever gets oh, a grubby little miss on a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I think the Cowboys could win a Super Bowl with Dak. I, I do. I think they need to fix up certain things. Their offensive line needs fixing. That's for damn sure. Oh, 100%. The offensive line is atrocious. The problem I think that they have, okay, is they overpay mm-hmm. in the dumbest ways for people. So it makes it it makes it harder for them to build a championship team with good pieces all around when, you know, A, you're not they're not great at drafting players. They've drafted a couple of good well, players. Well, actually the last couple of years they've been drafting really good players. They've been better. They've been better at it, but they haven't been great at it in the past, correct? Correct, but they've gotten better. Right. So right. They're, they are getting better at that, but they also they also exorbitantly overpay. I use this example all the time and call me a homer, but the Patriots right now are paying four million dollars for their four running backs. You have fifteen yeah, million dollars tied up in one guy. You know, yeah, so it, but it, Jerry it, Jones it is very loyal to his players. That's like, right. Always been like that. Right, but it's moves like that and being loyal to people rather than being loyal to the team. You can't be loyal to individuals. You have to be loyal to the team to win. That, that's been Jerry's ML, ML for the longest time. Oh, yeah, believe me. I the, know. the biggest I was, example really of that is Jason the, Garrett. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Jason Garrett years. That was a fun time. <laughs> oh, I couldn't. I hate, I hate him. I think that was the worst coaching I was ever had in my oh, life. Stop. Honestly. Honestly, those were the best years of my life. Yeah, I'm sure they were. <laughs> Jeff, you have to love the uh, the three years in a row where the Cowboys had a uh, winner go home games for the division and they lose all three of them. I think I, I think First to the Giants, then to Washington, then to Philly. <laughs> three years in a row. Oh, uh, yeah. Who would you it's rather be? be fun. I said I'd rather have Weed Phillips over Jason Garrett. Yeah, that's not Wade saying Phillips much. <laughs> no, Wade Phillips is a good coach. Oh, as a defensive coordinator, he's brilliant. As a head coach, yeah, BV wasn't great, but yeah, he's better than Jason Garrett. <laughs> Not necessarily. Just, Jason Garrett has been more played. He he played more playoff games and been in more playoff games than than Wade Phillips as a head coach. So that's not true. I just can't wait to see how they screw it up this year. What, <laughs> what what's going to happen this year? Well, well, if they lose to Washington this weekend, the Cowboys will not make the playoffs. No, they'll they'll still take the playoffs. They're good enough. No, they will still win. No, yeah, no, they do. They finish. Catch. They finish with. They finish with four games against the. the uh, no, they the have. Teams. Yeah, they have Washington. Uh, is it Philly then Arizona, Washington, Philly again or something? I don't know. Something. I yeah, mean, one more with the Giants yeah, too. Yeah. 
I think they have Philadelphia. They have the Giants. They have two Washington, and I think they Arizona, have Arizona. Arizona. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, but it's going to be great because they lose in hilarious ways, right? Like the the Tony Romo um, uh, like uh, botched of the, the, <laughs> yes. the snap there, right? They you had. Uh, you had fat uh, C.J. Anderson come off the street and run all <laughs> over them. Remember how fat that pig was? And he ran all over you. And he was literally sitting on his couch the week before. It was hilarious. For a yeah, run sure defense, I think that year I was top 10, too. No, he totally was. He totally was. Like, Todd Gurley went down, and they were like, Who's the most embarrassing player we can get to humiliate the Cowboys? And they were like, get me that fat pig. And he ran for like 280. Sucks as you can't take it back. It's his legacy. I think referring to Ezekiel Elliott or Dak, one of those takes. Uh, oh, I loved it. I'm praying the Cowboys bring Garrett back. Would not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, John says, I'd rather have Romo over McCarthy for a head coach. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, what guys, what is a game that really sticks out to you this weekend? That you think is going to be a good game and it's going to be fun to watch. To me, I think I think it's going to be the Bucks and and um, Bills because the Bills need to get back on track. If they don't win this game, they might not make the playoffs. Oh, they'll still make the playoffs. They could still make the playoffs. I think it's yeah. I well, the Bills they could, but I said they might not because uh, that are, they're all screwed up. Well, the Bills aren't winning that football game, but because you picked that one, I'll pick another one and say Chiefs and Raiders because I really think the Raiders have a good shot of winning. I did too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's a that's a big game go for back, the Raiders. Go back, go back the last couple of years. The Raiders have beaten the Chiefs a couple of times, and they've done it on the road. And every one of those games has come down to the last possession. In the last two years, all four games, last possession games. The Raiders have generally won a lot of those last drive games a lot of the times, too, against the Chiefs. There was one on Thursday Night Football in the 2017 season. There was that one where uh, Justin Tuck uh, Justin Tuck stopped Khalil back from getting a penalty, and then uh, they held on and won yeah, that go game. Back to, go back to, go back to uh, Michael Crabtree catching the touchdown. Yeah, that was 2017. That was holding. the game I was mentioning. They, yeah. they called it back for holding, and then they threw it to Crabtree again for the touchdown. Yeah, that was in 2017. And I think that was the start of, remember the, the Chiefs started 6-0 and that year or something like that, and then they started falling apart right after that, too, and they were never the same. They made the playoffs still, but then they got they blew that lead against the Titans in the playoffs. That's, and... a, that's a division game that's always close, and, you know, you can really flip a coin on who's going to win. And honestly, the Raiders, in all of their mess, I think they've kind of weathered the storm on all of the nonsense going on, the Damon Arnett's and the Ruggs and the Grudens, and they've kind of weathered that storm, and they're not looking so bad. The only question mark for me is Waller. Waller plays, I think they win. Uh, John says Seahawks and Houston will be closer than people think. Yeah, they both stink. And Lions versus Broncos be close. Yeah, probably. I, I say the Lions, Lions beat the Broncos. Broncos. I say the Lions beat Maybe. the Broncos. Yeah, listen, here's, here's the thing with that, right? They won last week. They win this week. That's two in a row. <laughs> they win the following week. That's three, and that's a winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a longer one than the Giants just, had this season. I just, I just want to let you, I just want to set you guys up for next week's show that you guys can talk about possible Detroit Lions winning streak. <laughs> Jeff, apparently, there's still some playoff scenarios for the Lions all over Twitter. <laughs> Right now, if the season were to end, both of you, who is the MVP of the league? One. Who's defensive player of the year? Who's rookie of the year defensively? And who's rookie of the year offensively? Right now, if the season were to end. Jeff, you first. I think, I think the last two are the easiest ones to pick. 
clearly Micah Parsons is the defensive rookie of the year. He's not playing like a rookie. He, first of all, I think he leads the league in sacks, not even he does. a rookie, just as everybody, right? He so does, Micah, yeah. Parsons, yeah, Micah Parsons for rookie. The I other agree. end of that for me is a layup because, you know, listen, you, you, take, you take a team and you're the number one seed right now in the East. Hard to argue, Mac Jones. There's some other guys out there, but Waddle and uh, Jamar Chase are close. But I don't, you know, listen, quarterback's the hardest position. They're both having, the, the wide receivers are both having good years, but quarterback's the hardest position and is winning with a team that, by the way, was 7-9 and nine last year. Losing team, bang. Mac Jones, bang. No well, the defense are completely different. They spent a lot of money in the offseason, Jeff. I mean, this defense is completely different. And by the way, Pittsburgh's coming all the way back from a 20, 23 to nothing deficit. Or 26 no, to nothing. No, this is what Pittsburgh... No, this is just what Pittsburgh does. They're just going to make it close. And well, then, well, Kirk, then like well, Kirk, after the game can go, oh, shucks, we were close. Well, Kirk Cousins is forcing the ball to Jefferson, and, and, and that's why they intercepted the ball. I mean, he's forcing the ball into places that Jefferson isn't at, and as good as Jefferson is, and he's a really great player, um, you know, when, when teams are double-teaming and bringing up the safety, uh, you're not going to get the ball to the guy that you want. Just forcing the ball doesn't make sense. They should be running the I ball. Know. Like they were doing early in the game. And so as far as the first two awards would go, I would say MVP, uh, well, Defensive Player of the Year this year. No, not David <laughs> Collins. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, Parsons going to get that also, right? He's not getting that. He's not. He doesn't lead the league in sacks, first of all. He doesn't. He has 10 he sacks. Does. No, I he doesn't. He does. I no, think he does. He doesn't. He has 10 sacks. No, he doesn't. He's not leading so the league. the league? Uh, Speedy, look that up. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the defensive player page. Leading the uh, TJ Watt is 16 right now. Miles Garrett yeah, 14. Uh, Judon has 12 and a half. Robert Quinn and Nick Bosa both have 12. No. Trey Hendrickson 11 and a half. He's yeah, not there's, winning there's a lot of guys defensive. Above, he's not winning I'm, defensive player. Listen, I'm staying at I'm staying at home with the best defensive player, and I'm taking that Judon. I don't care. He's having an unreal year. Everyone loves him. And okay. for MVP, it's got for me. It's got to be Brady. Okay. Yeah. I think it's Rodgers. I, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I like Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is a close second. But Jonathan Taylor has only had like two – he's definitely had two outstanding games, but like two, three really good games. Yeah. And the rest have just been average. Yeah, he had a lot of bad ones in the beginning of the year too. He's not as consistent. And not for nothing, not for nothing I would have said MVP would have been Derrick Henry, but we all know what sure. happened there. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, True. Well, I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league right now. If I if, if if I were to make my decision right now, with you look at the numbers and what he's done so far, and if they come out as the number one team in the NFC, I'm giving it to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, with the players and, and, and missing the game that he missed, uh, he missed the game, right? He one missed game. one game, and then he also played in a game where his all his receivers were out, too, and they beat the Cardinals on that Thursday game. And yeah. that's not getting any better because Cobb is going to be out this week, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brady has 34 touchdowns, 10 picks right now, completing 68.3% of his passes. Rodgers has 66.2%, 23 touchdowns to four interceptions. Slightly better passer rating, too, 105.5 to 104. So that's definitely a tight battle, too. I mean, if, if and we have to wait until the season ends, uh, obviously, because there's five games left, right? There's five, games five games left. Yeah, this is week 14. So five with the extra week. If, if, if somehow, Aaron, if, if the Green Bay Packers wind up as the number one seed in the NFC, with the injuries yeah, they have, uh, he, he would be that, my MVP. Say, no, one's saying, no one's saying you're crazy. No one's saying you're out of line. No, it's, 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 it's those three. Either. It's those three. It, it's, yeah. it's, 
It's it's one or it's, it's either. As, yeah, God. And as far as defensive player of the year, my pick was my pick was very easy because you can easily pick uh, T.J. Watt as well. You really, you obviously should have won last year. All man. I, all you I said Judon, right? You said well, right, Judon, right? Right. All I happened to do was pick the best player on the best defense, which could, probably could happen because. When 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 you're looking, you're voting. You're gonna say, well, well, why were they the best defense? And and Junon has a lot to do with it. But uh, right, yeah, that's that's what that's what it would be. Well, though, that, right? That's gonna be another good game Monday night. Rams and um, Cardinals. Not even gonna be close. Really? Really? Not even close. Not even gonna. Be, I don't know about that. Not even gonna be close. Really? Not even gonna be close. Hmm. Did you go back and watch that Packers Rams game like I asked you to? I know, I know, I know. You were bringing it up, and no, I haven't. Dude. Please, God, go and watch how awful Matthew Stafford is at throwing the football. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, the Beef has Matthew Stafford as a starting quarterback, so he's hoping that he actually has a good game because well, he listen, needs it. No, no, but this is what I was saying to you before. is like Everyone thinks Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback because he ends the game with good numbers. But he misses so many throws. So many throws he misses. Huh. Beef, what do you have to say about that? I mean, I, I never, I thought Matt, Matthew Stafford was a good quarterback. I didn't think he was like top of the line quarterback. So I like Matthew like, Stafford. Just, just having a bad year. Go and watch, go and watch that Packers game and tell me Matthew Stafford is he, good he at does, throwing he the does, football. He, he does miss a lot of throws. He he does. His whole he's always been like that in his career. Actually, Matthew Stafford hasn't had a bad year. I mean, uh, three thousand. No, but with Jeff, thirty-six. With Jeff he's not. He's not as accurate as like the other. I don't know about that. He has a sixty-six point seven completion percentage. I mean, that's pretty good. Dude, go and watch. Go and watch that. Go and watch that Packers game. He threw a slant to uh, Cooper Cup, and honestly, in Adam, and uh, it was like a ten-yard slant. Uh, honestly, said, Jeff, on. Jeff, if you the, compare, if you compare his numbers to, uh, t- uh what you call it again, Matt, Brady. Tom, Bra- Tom Brady, his numbers are better than Tom Brady. Thirty right, right, three thousand six hundred eleven. Three thousand thirty uh, all right, but he's got better numbers. Dude, he's the, dude. The, the the very the the same. The, the, it was the same series. He he threw it five yards behind Cooper Cup, and the very next throw he threw. Uh, That's one game, Jeff. That's one game. Jeff. He threw a, an outlet to Tyler Higby that landed five yards short. Then they came back and ran the very same play, and Higby was open, and he threw it into the second row of the seats. If you compare their number, if, the if you compare his numbers, they're very similar. They're like neck and neck. He's got a better overall, a little bit by a little bit, two point three. Very close. Rating. Very close. Thirty four ten, and for Brady, thirty to nine for yeah. Stafford. So. It's very close. It, it, this is this is exactly why you can't like you guys keep going. Oh well, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. This is exactly why you can't do it. Because no one thinks Matthew Stafford is a championship quarterback and that's any good. And by the way, even right now at 43, if, if – hey, Beef, you, the Cowboys are tied with two minutes left in the Super Bowl. And you get to morph in any goddamn quarterback in the world. All right, to Tom Brady. We know. Drive. We know. Who, right. Right. This is exactly what I'm saying because he's the most accurate, right? And it would be everybody's answer. This is why you can't just go by numbers. It's a ridiculous thing to do. Well, I don't think we're saying that Stafford's better than Brady. Nobody but don't said downplay him to look like an average quarterback. That's exactly what you're implying when you're like, well, look at the numbers. They're kind of the same. No, I use my eyeballs to look at what they're doing on the field. 
And when I watched that Rams Packers game, dude, I'm he didn't have a good game. Go he didn't have it. a good game. But if you look at his numbers this year, they're good. They're right there with Tom Brady. Yeah, but he doesn't have the accuracy. That Tom yes, Brady he does. Has. We just saw. We just pointed you, the accuracy right go now. Go and watch that game. Go and watch that game, and you tell me, Matthew. One game. It's just quarterback. one game, Jeff. But his accuracy for this season is neck and neck with Tom Brady. Go look at the numbers. They're neck and neck. Again, again, numbers don't. Tell yes, you it the does. Story. When it ac- when it comes to accuracy, yes, it does. Numbers do have a lot to do with no, it. It doesn't. Yeah. You're going to tell me that when you have a 66.7 accuracy rating to 68.8, it's not close? Come on, Jeff. No. It is, no. Jeff. Come on. It is. John you, says. You think, so you think Matthew Stafford's a better passer of the ball than, than Tom Brady? I didn't say that. You didn't hear what I said. Well, the numbers. Well, go look at the numbers. But the numbers would show you that his accuracy is just as good as Tom Brady's. So He's if a you're, joker. Um, <laughs> John says the Lions be fighting every oh game, every play with their most heart, know. honestly. Look at their losses, most of them in close games. Stark says hmm, Dak Prescott for all three in terms of the categories. Uh, Good question. Offensive player of the year cup. That'll be interesting between him and Taylor. Cause I think those are probably the main two. You could also, I know he said not been as consistent lately. Maybe Debo Samuels also in that mix as well. Cause he also gets rushing yards too, but probably the leader is still cup at the moment, but Taylor's coming with that too, especially with the Colts make the playoffs. Cooper cup too could be up I, for MVP too, by the way. It's I, just, a great I just want to throw this, throw this into the ether and just maybe we can have a discussion about this. But normally, the MVP is the best player on the best team, right? Like, every year, it seems to be Usually, uh, the yes. best player on the or, – or the team with the best record. Whatever team played the best that year. Right? Yes, absolutely. Usually, why is no one discussing Kyler Murray for MVP? That's true, but well, he's he missed, not on the best team. Uh, Aaron like Rodgers is on the best yeah. team. Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's also that's also not true. The Cardinals are the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, so, ten yeah, and two yeah, versus nine and three right now. Best, he is the best player on the best team. So, yeah, yeah, but he's I mean, it, he's missed four games. He's missed four games, Jeff. It's not because of Kyler Murray. <laughs> Right, but in those games, they've been far less productive than when Kyler Murray plays the, the Cardinals. I have him on my fantasy stuff. team. He's great. I'm not, I'm not going to take shots at oh, Kyler Murray. Oh, again with fantasy. Yeah, he is. He's on my fantasy team. I no one them. cares about fantasy. They I, care about reality. Well, here's the reality to it. Kyler Murray no, is but, not the reason why he missed four games this year. He's not winning the MVP. He's not. Well, well, then how many games do you have to miss before you're like... I don't know. Like, I, I guarantee you that Aaron Rodgers has missed, missed the game. So, so, all right, so if he misses another one, right, two games, you're out of it, right? No, but you want, you missed four games in a row, and your team was winning without you. So what does that tell you? You're 10-2. They actually they actually lost without him. Um, what, what is their record without Kyler Murray? They've only lost three one. They've only lost once without him. Because Colt three McCoy, and one. Yeah, Colt oh. McCoy won a couple what games. A catch, yes. You're a little bit la- you're a little bit short he from might, us. He yes. might be watching on the computer, that's why. Yeah. That was a good hey, catch. Yeah. yeah. Whoever, whoever I'm not even watching football. I'm watching the Bruins. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. That Johnson catch. Do you think I give two flying shifts about the Vikings and the Steelers? Oh, <laughs> uh, you have no bets on this game, Jeff? <laughs> did, did you did you honestly believe I was gonna watch a football game that that had one of the teams? In it that lost to the Lions last week. That's another catch. Really wow, they're coming like, back, man. And they're, they're, he, they're, this is because Kirk Cousins is forcing the friggin' damn ball. Run the damn ball, you moron. He's so stupid, man. He has forced the ball on three turn of events and has cost his team. Uh, <laughs> they're coming back. I, I, I would be That's surprised 21, if. 
21 straight on the answered points. Yep. crazy. Yep. Kirk oh, Cousins. great. They're still down the eight. Great. They're still down eight, and then the Vikings will come back and, and do and, and You think so? If they kick a field goal, they're still going to win the game. He stopped running the ball with Dalvin Cook. I don't, I don't understand that. He's, he dominated the first half of the game, and then all of a sudden. By the way, I think your show is missing an opportunity here as well, right? What's uh, up? You know, not that I, not that I want to, um, huh? you know, talk about sad shit or whatever, but it's reality in life. You know, you got a Thursday night uh, football game with the Vikings. Could be talking about a little bit of mental health since, uh, you know, Everson Griffin isn't playing. Yes, that that's another thing, which we, we don't – by the way, shout out to Emerson Griffin, another – I mean, this is a guy that actually, you know, changed his life. He went to the Cowboys, then he came back to Minnesota. He was having a great season. He really was. Uh, oh, great. Now they're, down, now they're down nine. Now they're down two possessions anyway. That's yeah, because they, they went move. for two earlier what than they should have and for whatever right, reason. Sure. You, Right, nope. they should have just taken the point, and then they would have only had to have run one play. Like you know, you always just use your best two point play. And Tomlin is doing another terrific coaching job. <laughs> Good for you, Mike Tomlin. It's still a two. Hold on one second, moron. Didn't I say in the beginning of this season that Mike Tomlin sucks? And <laughs> you you were sticking up for him. Now you think he's a moron? <laughs> no, I think Jeff was no, saying no, you were. No, 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 Jeff... no, 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 no. I'm saying that decision was dumb. That I I I made a joke because I've said Mike Tomlin should have not had gonna, he should have not gotten an extension uh, by the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh uh, the proof is the proof is in the pudding with Mike Tomlin he has gotten his team to the AFC Championship games year after year after year like if listen if it honestly if it wasn't for Brady and Belichick everyone could be talking about Mike Tomlin as one of the greatest coaches of all time Alex says they were in they were in all those championship games. Uh, Alex says I could take a steel crap on Steelers. LOL. <laughs> uh, John says Murray has seventy two percent completion percentage. Uh, Stuck says he's not better than Brady because Brady is the goat. All hail the Brady goat. Nobody said that he was. Uh, yeah, he's leading the league in sacks, referring to T.J. Watt. Ben says go pack go, and the beef. And Stuck says and the beef strikes again with another stupid take. <laughs> what, what did go he say? Go pack go. The Packers are probably the reason he has kidney stones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about that. They're 9-3. and three. They've had a pretty good season, and this is the best defense we've seen with the Packers, really, since our I think this started. is their Super Bowl year, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a very good chance for the Packers. I, this is their best defense. They've played very good, and I, I think they could be – if they could stay healthy going into the playoffs, they're as dangerous as anybody. I, I just – I don't know if there's enough offense for Aaron. Is as good as Aaron Rodgers is, all you got to do is take Adams out of the game, and then you have to you, you have to let the other guys beat you. And and the other guys, there's nothing to brag about. None of those guys are top 100 play wide receiver in a league besides Devontae Adams. And that's they're, a bit. They're playing a, a bit little handicapped. They're playing a little handicap because of Robert Tunyon not being there yeah. anymore. But I like Aaron Jones, and not for nothing. And not you, a big Aaron Jones. Say whatever right you want. But AJ Dillon is doing a terrific job yeah, running great. the ball right now. Too. And I think AJ J- Dillon's going to win that job uh, going into the playoffs because we saw what Aaron Jones does in the playoffs last year. He got pulled by a second and third string uh, running back, and then they gave him well, an extension. Using him more at receiver. Yeah, I remember in the NFC title game against Tampa, they pulled him after the first quarter after he dropped the ball twice, and he looked horrible. And, and then they give him an look extension. Look at how sad the receivers look on the bench. Look at how sad they all look. They know Tomlin screwed that decision up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're sad. He says, uh... yeah, it looks like the Cowboys bench. 
Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, well, but Mike McCarthy's overconfident. Yeah, maybe that's what their bench will look like. <laughs> look like the Cowboys bench. By the way, I think yeah. defensive player of the year is TJ Watt. That's what I think. Oh, finally he's running the ball, and look at that. And that's a penalty. <laughs> oh, no, TJ Watt's Watt's a, 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 a fantastic choice, but again, he was robbed oh, for on, defensive right. player of the year last right. year. Terrific, but you know he's missed he's missed a bunch of games now too. So you know if if missing games is a disqualification, let's go let's go both ways with that. Mm. You might be right. You might be right, but I I, I think with. TJ, I believe TJ Watt last year was screwed. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year. He knows he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. The fact that he didn't was crazy. And this year, I that's think that's not a penalty, by the way. No, it's not because he grabbed his hair, and that's part of the jersey. Yes. Yep. Yes, that's the Tyler special, the hair pull. <laughs> the Tyler special. <laughs> Uh-huh. Now, finally, this idiot's starting to run the ball, which worked in the first half, instead of forcing the ball to uh, good old Jefferson, which he made the whole... The... Well, it's a good strategy now because all they got to do is lead clock. It's a two-possession game. So yeah. if they can to take four or five minutes off the clock twice, game's over. Yeah. You also wonder what Cook's injury, too, if they maybe were trying to limit He's him healthy. because they had a big He's lead. He's healthy. He said he was healthy before the game. I read about it. Here he goes to Jefferson. Here he goes. Oh, that's K.J. Osborne, and that's wow. a touchdown. Wow. He pushed off on that. No, I think the defender tripped. Yeah? It looked that way. Wow. That was a good catch, man. Uh, Speedy, you ready to do the picks? Uh, Beef, you want to jump on with the picks with us? So there's a All right, Beef. Time to make the coleslaw? You're an idiot. What? Time to make the coleslaw for the donuts. What do you what do you do that early in the morning? Is it is it potato salad? What's the what's the what's the thing? No, I do my I do my watering. That's what I do. So watering and inventory and stuff. Yes, all that shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. I you know I wasn't sure. You know I sent you a picture of the time to make the donuts guy and and it's time to make the coleslaw. Time to make the coleslaw. <laughs> I did I said that to him. He Beef knows I didn't. I did I said that to him. Stark says Beef's got to get up and slice the bologna. Slice the bologna. <laughs> yeah, I don't do any slicing. I do manager work. That's what I do. Got to brine the pickles. Brine <laughs> <laughs> the pickles. <laughs> I, I heard. I heard you got traded to Kroger's for two rotisserie chickens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Probably a better company to work for. It probably is. <laughs> Kroger might rescind your benefits package. And listen to this. Stug says, hashtag time to make the coleslaw. Yeah. You guys are idiots. Stug says, Beef gets up to cut the cheese. Uh, Go do your thing. This, this, this is the problem with you, dude. We're showing interest in your life and you still get butt hurt, man. Like, we care, no. bro. You guys are being stupid. <laughs> we came up with all kinds of terrific nicknames for you. Oh, the, the what is you know it? What the, the coleslaw. What, what is that? Uh, the Prince of Potato Salad? No, no. The, the Sultan of Coleslaw. The Sultan of Coleslaw. That's the best one. That's the, <laughs> the best one. The Sultan of right? Coleslaw. I, see, I came up with that just for you, dude. <laughs> oh, then go open up a deli. Don't go open up a deli called the Sultan of Coleslaw. <laughs> dude, I. See, Dude, I swear to God, if I hit Powerball, I'm buying your deli just so you can work for me. I'm going to torture the shit out of you. I would quit before I ever worked for you. <laughs> what happens if he gave you a $10 raise? No, I'd rather be homeless than work for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know it's gonna be even more cruel. Like Beef get like you know loses his job in a year, and five years from now we see him living next to Ale uh, Miller's Ale House or something. And then hold he's on, homeless hold on. Uh, the uh, Josh just posted. Demarius Thomas apparently passed away. <gasps> oh my God! Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh no! Demarius Thomas. Let me see what happened here. Ah, uh, let me see. Don't see anything big right now with the story. I didn't see, I don't see anything either. Yeah, three minutes ago, Daenerys Thomas passed away at the age of thirty-three. What did he die from? I'm trying to find that out now. Did he get in a car accident? Wow. That sucks. I mean, after all this stuff with his mother and all that. Yeah, other stuff. it looks like it's true. There's a lot of people saying that. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't popped up anywhere yet. I haven't seen it. Wow. Think about how think about how great of a player like he was. You know what I'm saying? Like he might have been the best receiver all time in the NFL. He he once scored an eighty yard touchdown that was thrown by Tim Tebow. What a miracle. <laughs> Imagine catching like Tim Tebow's only pass in his career. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying to find out why. Yeah, they're not showing a cause of death. Most of the most of it's on Twitter right now. What I'm seeing. Yeah, there's nothing on. There's nothing anywhere else yet. Well, you know, Twitter's always the first. Yeah, they are. These people. These people were on it. That's crazy, man. That's absolutely crazy. If this is true. Huh. Wow. Terrible. It is a terrible. Yeah. And his podcast is legendary. I Am Athlete is a great podcast. Uh, he said, uh, actually, the person that announced it, it was uh, his high school coach, Jeff Clayton. He tells me the rumors are true that former Georgia Tech and Broncos receiver has passed away at the age of 33. Wow. Jesus. Ugh. Why horrible. couldn't it have been Tyler? That's horrible, man. Yeah, I can't terrible, call terrible. the death yet, but... Wow. That's a horrible thing. No, but I'm sure by tomorrow you'll have some information and stuff like that. And, you know, it's sad. It is very sad. 33 is young. Like, when did he retire? I thought 33. Had still he played. Retired. He That's played crazy. as of two years ago. He was on the he was on the Patriots preseason roster. Then he signed with the Jets. He, he played. Was he in a car accident? I don't know if he it, it, a careless car accident. It says Demarius Thomas pleads guilty. No, this is different. This is all. I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll hear by tomorrow what, what he died from. But it, it was probably – it had to be – health-wise, the guy is built like an ox unless he had a heart attack. Probably um, ate some of the food out of Bee's belly. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Did you give Demarius bad pastrami? No. Go do your picks. Go Cowboys. Yay. Go team. We'll see what happens. So, so you're gonna go. You know, you need to get up early. Like, so have you decided between your Emmett Smith pajamas or your Troy Aikman pajamas tonight? Mm, I don't wear pajamas. Oh, you don't have like the the Dak Prescott feedy pajamas. No, I'm not you. I don't have. I'm, I don't wear Brady underwear like you do. <laughs> oh, dude, I would love to wear. I would love to wear Brady underwear. Brady yeah, underwear gets your chicks like Giselle. Yeah, okay. Troy Aikman underwear gets your CTE. <laughs> Stupid. 
Beef, go get some. Troy Aikman's one of those dudes that, get, you know, gets a concussion opening fan mail. Yeah, okay. How many concussions that dude do you think that dude had? Oh, he was found dead. It says, the family of former Denver Broncos great wideout wide says NFL Super Bowl wide receiver Demarius Thomas has passed away and found dead tonight. Rest in peace. Ugh. So it was either drugs Terrible. or a heart attack. That's right. Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas' story is true. Tragedy compounded, blah, 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 blah. Being used by <clears throat> anti-vaxxers who are claiming that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Don't go that far either. I wouldn't go that far. You know, there's other, it could be almost anything. Yeah. You know? It could be. Like, I, you know, listen, listen, when you had the, oh God, I'm forgetting the guy's name, the fullback there the, from the, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you asked him about CTE and stuff. You can go back. Football players have a, you know, not that, uh, you know, I'm just speculating here and just not even speculating on his death. But I'm just saying, like, you know, listen, suicide is a uh, is a real, you know, Junior Seau and, and uh, Mike Webster. And some of these dudes have some real uh, mental health issues that they struggle with after football, you know. So, you know, it could be anything. You, don't, you know, speculating that it's drugs or stuff. And, listen, I guess it could be drugs, too, but. You know, the speculation is, you know, we should probably get past that. You know, it's horrible. It'll, it'll eventually, it'll eventually come out. Uh, Josh says Benjamin Albright, who writes for the Broncos, also yeah. confirmed it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's their top insider. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible, terrible story. Yeah, terrible. It's terrible news for the NFL families, and I'm, I'm sure this will be a, a huge story tomorrow when. Uh, obviously, they're probably going to have to give uh, probably an autopsy to find out what he died from. But um, yeah, I'm not going to make any assumptions, but it could be drugs. It could be a heart attack. Maybe he got COVID and his body couldn't, you know, couldn't A lot of guys it. going down lately, though. Like a lot of guys and a lot of young guys, not even a lot of old guys. Trace, even in my neighborhood, he's my neighborhood's where they found Vincent. Jeff, he's Vincent six Jackson years younger yet. than me. I mean, uh, he's 33 years old. He's six years younger than I am. I mean, he's a baby. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, age doesn't. You know, age. You know, I know. Well, not. his body. When you you play that many years in football, your body's you know broken. I mean, he played. I mean, it's not even. It's not even that. He could have had a condition that no one knew about. And I'm only going to bring this up because I watched the documentary again the other night, and it. You know, I I just find it so fascinating and amazing. I always get stuck watching it. But look at Hank Gathers. Look at Reggie Miller. They had heart conditions that nobody knew about. And sometimes you just drop dead from that. Yes, and 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 I had a heart condition. I didn't find out until I was twenty two, and I had to get my, uh, you know, I had to get them zapped out, and you know, I had a delta wave, which I didn't even know what it was, and I found out a bunch of athletes have had it over the years. Uh, it's ter- you know, and if they didn't find it, who knows? You know, I could have had a massive heart attack early in my age. That thirty, that Hank Gathers thirty for thirty is still one of the best ones, man. Really, I got never seen it. I got to check it out. Oh, dude, it's so good. I got to check it out. I'll, I'll look it up. Hank yeah, Gathers. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Speedy. I'm not Speedy. Uh, Beav, you're done? Yeah, that's it. I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, bud. Thank you for calling. You got it, buddy. You got it. Okay, buddy. time to make the coleslaw. Slug <laughs> so also says the potato salad just didn't sit quite right. Uh, Alex says Beav cuts the meats, LOL. <laughs> and Slug so says Jason Garrett won these. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You two idiots. All right. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? Oh, I thought it was going to be a text thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, yours is very slow. It has to be. 
Uh, it was a pick yeah, six. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably another interception. Oh god, he forced the ball again. This guy friggin' stinks, man. Kirk Cousins. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Why well, is he? But this is what you get with Kirk. Right, oh, but this is what you get with Kirk Cousins. He throws terrible passes like that, but he also just threw a dime to KJ Osborne. He did, right? but that like, should have been a face mask. The Steelers got away with one. <laughs> well, Hard. whatever. That has nothing to do with how good the pass was. That was still a great pass he threw. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean on the interception. <laughs> no, I like Kirk Cousins. He's oh, a good. Right. I, I I root on Kirk Cousins all the time because I think he's a quality quarterback. But I, he's horrible in this game. He's forcing the ball in areas he shouldn't be forcing it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I know he wants to throw it to Jefferson. But that one wasn't even to Jefferson. I know it was up to number eleven. Yeah, uh, I think no, I think it was Os- Osborne again. Uh, yeah, it was Osborne again. He was trying to get there too, and wasn't open. She's trying to force the ball, man. It, it's, anyways. You ready to do a pick, Jeff? Yeah, let's go through these quickly. All right, let's do it. Speedy, did you hear that quickly? All right. Uh, well, let's. Who's leading, by the way? Who's leading? Jeff, you are up by three. I did the total calculations. You are. 123, Errol has 120, uh, Tyler has 111, I have 101. All right. Oh, oh God, I, I am just crushing people. Well, you're right there with just me. crushing people. All right, who do you got for Vikings? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not right there with you. You're right there with me. All right, who do you got, buddy. Vikings or Pittsburgh, buddy? Uh, listen, this game's almost over. How can, like, you know... Uh, we I, we shouldn't even pick this game because we already we have to because no, right? we're, we're we're you know we have to be credited for it. Great Vikings! All right, you I have the Vikings at the start too. Twenty three seventeen, and it's obviously higher scoring too. than that. All right, Cowboys, Washington. Who do you got? Oh God, this it it just pains me. I I want to take Heineke, but uh, I'm I'm taking the Cowboys in this game. It's an NFC East matchup, and the Washington football team stinks. Who do you got? I, I got Washington in this game. I, I think their offense has been a little deeper. And the Cowboys, even though Trayvon Diggs is playing great, their whole secondary depth is still not amazing, too. And I, Washington's gotten some good production. They get they got Curtis Samuel back last week as well, which I think will help. I'm going to take, take Washington. I'll take them at home, 27-24. I got the Cowboys in this game. They need this game very, very badly. And they haven't looked really good the last couple of weeks. Give me the Cowboys. Dak Prescott throws three touchdowns. 300 yards, uh, 27-20. Uh, Jaguars, Titans, who do you got, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take uh, the Titans. And the you know, it's almost impossible to pick the Jaguars, and I like them. I thought they had potential coming into the year, but the Titans are still going to be too good. The receivers are getting healthy, too. Brown and Julio Jones look like they'll be back, both back for the game. Okay, so he's got the Titans. Who do you got, Speedy? I got the Titans, too. I think it'll be closer than people expect. Jacksonville's defense has played better in recent weeks, uh, obviously besides the Rams, but the Rams are a very good offense, and I think they'll keep it close. Obviously, Tennessee with all the injuries on offense, but they'll still win the game. They need this game too badly. 23-14, Tennessee. Uh, I got the Titans, too. I think the Titans will be able to run the ball, even though they don't have Derrick Henry. Uh, The Jaguars' defense has not played very well against the run this year. Uh, Give me the Titans. Um... Ryan Tannehill throws a couple of touchdowns, wins the game. Not saying much. Um, I would say 24-20. Seahawks, Texans. Jeff? Yeah, interesting game. Yeah, interesting game, actually. But Seahawks are on a massive losing streak. I think this will be the week that they they break that. I'll take the Seahawks over the the ball. They won last week. The Seahawks won against the 49ers last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. But before they won, like, a four or five game losing streak or something. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Texans. I'm actually going to take the Texans. I think Russell Wilson, obviously, with all these rumors now distracting, I think it's you've seen the game plan is just horrible with them, and I don't think it's going to really change anytime soon. Like the Lions, like we were saying with the Lions earlier, the Texans have played tight in certain games, I and I think they can steal some on the Seahawks' defense. They can run the ball, the Texans. So I'll take the Texans 2017. I'll take the upset. I got Seattle in this game. I think it'll be very close. I want the Texans to win for the Jets. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I think Seattle wins this game. They go into Texas, and they blow out the Texans. 36-10. Uh, Chiefs, Raiders, who do you got, Speedy? I got the Raiders. I think the Raiders, uh, off the, the Chiefs losing a little momentum off the bye week. I think this defense has still played very well for the Raiders. I think they can rush the passer against, against Mahomes. I think they'll definitely adjust their game plan. I think they were too conservative in that first game, and I think they'll make some adjustments from that. And their offense has to get going again at some point. They're a little too talented. I'll take the Raiders 23-21. Who do you got, Jeff? Well, why don't you pick this one first? Ooh. I got Kansas City in the game. I I, I want to pick the Raiders. I, I, I think the Raiders going over there to Kansas City. They played well last year. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City. But I think Mahomes has figured things out. I think this defense has figured things out. And I just think that the fact that they're going to be home, I think the, the benefit is going to go to them. So give me the Chiefs uh, 27-20. Yeah, I agree, actually. I thought you were going to take the Raiders, damn it. Uh, yeah, I'll take, the, I'll take the Chiefs. You know, they are getting better, and they are playing stronger. And I, I do like the – it's so hard because I really do want to pick the Raiders. But I, I with, with the big question mark for me is, will Waller play? And I think even if he plays, he's probably not going to be fully healthy. So that would tip me towards the Chiefs. Okay. Um, Jets, Saints, who do you got, Speedy? Low-scoring game. I'll take the Saints. I think they're they're, they're not this bad. <laughs> they have to win at some point. I think, they're, I think they could be creative. The Jets – the Jets defense, the Robert Sala defense struggling against running quarterback. I think you'll see Taysom Hill play a role in this game, and a lot of these receiver reverses. Jets defense will keep it close, but I don't think their offense will have enough against the Saints. I'll take New Orleans 2014. Who do you got, Jeff? Yeah, I'm, you know, it's so I, I, can you pick a, a team that's only won two games? i got to take the Saints. They still play tough defense, and I think they'll find a way to put some points on the board, even though I'm not a real Taysom Hill believer. So give me the Saints. Well, the Jets have won three, but not two. But I, I think the Saints win this game, too. Uh, the Jets have a problem stopping the run. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill. Uh, these are two guys that can run the ball very, very well. And I think that's going to be a huge problem for the Jets' defense. It will be close. I say um, I say uh, the Saints win 18-13. to 13. Uh, Falcons, Panthers. Close game. I'll take the Panthers. I trust their defense a little more. The Falcons' offensive line's had a lot of issues this year. That front seven for Carolina has actually been pretty good. We were talking about guys that were getting a lot of sacks. Hassan Reddick's got 11 already this year. Brian Burns has been great. Uh, I think the Falcons' defense will keep it close because the Panthers' offense has been sloppy, too. But I'll take Carolina at home, 2017. Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons in this game. This <laughs> is a side note to this whole thing, right? And this is why I'm going to take the Falcons, but... You know, the Panthers had a bye last week. If you're going to fire your offensive coordinator, why do you wait until the bye week is over to fire him? Why wouldn't you have started him right after the loss and fire him? And then you would have had two weeks to prepare with a new offensive coordinator. Now you only give the new offensive coordinator one week. It's just another retard Panthers move. Give me the Falcons. Oh, I got the Falcons, too. They have the better quarterback, Matt Ryan. Uh, They didn't look good last week. Um, but I, I still think the Falcons are the better team, and, and I don't know who the quarterback is this week. Is it Cam Newton? Who the hell is? Who the hell it is? So, uh, and, and they don't have no running game. But Christian McCaffrey's out for the season. Give me the Falcons, 18-10. to 10. 
Uh, Browns and Baltimore. I'm going to take the Browns here. I think this is one that's going to kind of... take the Browns. No, I don't. I do not always take the Browns. I, I didn't take the Browns their first meeting against the Ravens. Uh, but I think this is one to save their season. I think they'll they make some adjustments. They were too conservative against the Ravens the first meeting. I think they're going to try to stretch the field now. Marlon Humphrey now hurt for the Ravens. I think they're going to let Baker uh, or Case Keenum, whoever plays quarterback, stretch the field a little more. I'll take the Browns 24-20. to 20. Jeff? All right, Errol, here's your chance to pick opposite of me for once and catch up a little bit. I'm taking the Browns. And I'm only doing it for selfish reasons because I need the Browns to beat the Ravens so the Patriots can take a bigger lead towards that one seed. I need some of these teams to start to lose. Let's go, Baker. I got Baltimore in this game. They go over there to the Browns. Um, I, I think I think Lamar Jackson has a better game. They're going to be able to run the ball in this game. The Browns' defense has not looked good all season long, and I still think that this defense, this Ravens defense, is a lot better than people think they are. So give me the Ravens, 18-14. Giants, Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. Giants have a third-string quarterback. I know the Chargers have all those receivers out, but for one, the Giants' run defense still hasn't been good. Two, the Chargers' offensive line has still been fantastic, and the Giants' pass rush outside of Ojolari, nothing special. I think the Giants are going to have a hard time moving the ball, and I think once the Chargers get a big enough lead, the Giants aren't going to be able to run the ball on this defense as consistently as they should. And the Chargers' backup, their young receivers are actually pretty good, too. Jalen Guyton's a big play guy, Josh Palmer. So I'll take the Chargers 26-13. to 13. Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, this is another one of those games where it's like, how does anybody pick the Giants? It just can't happen. So I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, I got the Chargers, too. I mean, Justin Herbert's going to be able to throw against this defense. Uh, this defense is going to be able to shut down the running game. They've played better the last two weeks. Uh, give me the Chargers, 24-14. Uh, Lions, Broncos. I got the Broncos. I think the Lions will keep it close in the first half, and I think the Broncos then take over after that. I think they have a little bit of a – the Lions will have a little bit of a letdown after their – they celebrate finally for the first week, and then they'll collapse in the, the, this week, and I'll go back to it. I'll say 24-13, to 13, Denver. Jeff? Yeah, I'm – God damn, I really want to see a Lions winning streak, but, you, you know, smart money's on Denver. You can't you, – you, yeah, it's still the Lions, so give me Denver. Demarius Thomas now passed away. I think the Broncos are going to play for Demarius Thomas in this game. I think they're going to have some kind of, like, thing before the game. Uh, I think the players are going to be really, uh, you know, pushing to win this game. So, uh, give me the Broncos in this game. I, I think they demolished the Lions in this game because of that. 40-10. to 10. Uh, Bengals, San Francisco. I'm going to take the 49ers on the road. I know it's a tough trip for them, East Coast, but I think the offensive creativity of Kyle Shanahan is starting to come back a little bit. They were kind of one-dimensional in the beginning of the season. Now they're starting to use the other players, and the Bengals' defense has started to show some lapses recently, especially in that secondary. The Bengals will be able to throw the ball too, but Joe Burrow has also had some interception issues in the last three or four games. So I'll take the 49ers. They need this game badly. I'll say 30-24. to 24. Jeff? I'm sorry, who are the Bengals 49ers in, in Cincinnati. Yeah, tough loss last week for, for Cincinnati. I think they'll bounce back and beat the 49ers. Uh, so, yes. Yes. What a goal. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, yeah, give me, give me the Bengals. Yeah, give me the Bengals, too. I think they're going to win the game. Joe Burrows had a tough loss last week. I think this week Jamar Chase has a touchdown. Expect Boy to be a big uh, game player in this game. Give me the Bengals, 24-21. 
Uh, Buccaneers, Bills. I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this game. This is another one of those tests that's too, a lot for the Bills to have to handle, again, without Tredavious White in that secondary. And it didn't hurt them against the Patriots, obviously, because the Patriots threw three passes. But you got to imagine they got exposed in some ways, too. There were Tampa's run the ball better in the second half of the season, too, where I think they could definitely expose that as well. I'll take the – it'll be semi-close, but I think the Buccaneers will dominate, really, the whole game. It'll be close, 28-20, to 20, but I got Tampa. Jeff? Yeah, give me the Buccaneers in this one. If, if you can't stop the run when they, you know they're running, it's not going to help facing Leonard Fournette and then also a passing attack with Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. The Bills are in for a rough ride here. Give me the Bucs. I want to pick the Bucs because everybody else is picking them, but I'm going to go with the Bills. I, I, I think this is a big game for the Bills. If the Bills lose this game uh, – they could miss out on the playoffs. They really could. They could fall out pretty quick. They have not won. They play the Patriots again. This is a very important game for the Bills. So as important as it is losing against the Patriots, I, I think Josh Allen has a big game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball against this Buccaneers team, even with, with nobody, Moss or whatever. I still think they're going to be able to run against the Buccaneers. Give me the, give me the Bills. It's going to be a very close game. 27-25 Bills. Um, Chicago, Green Bay. Green Bay continues to dominate Chicago. I don't think this one will be close. Even with the de- the defensive success the Bears have had at certain points without Khalil Mack, it's just still not the same overall. I think their secondary has been weaker, especially with big plays than a lot of people think. Where I still think the Packers, even their second receivers, could have an advantage in this game. And I think that defense will be too much. Outside rushing for Justin Fields, they get, I believe they get Preston Smith back this week as well. Or, my bad, Zadarius Smith back this week as well. And they could get Jair Alexander as well. So I'm going to take the Packers big, 30-14. to 14. Jeff? Yeah, Packers. You can't you can't pick the Bears in anything. I want to pick the Bears. I do, and I, I want to see the Bears shut you know Aaron Rodgers up, and, and I'll, that'll show Aaron Rodgers not to open his big mouth. But I've got the Packers in this game too. I think Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau. It's going to probably be snowing over there. It's supposed to be freezing this weekend over there. Uh, might even be below zero over there. So give me the Packers. Cold. Give me the Packers. Lambeau, thirty-one, twenty. Uh, Rams and Arizona. Final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Who do you got to be? Sorry, Jeff, I don't want it to happen, but I'm taking the Rams. We see a lot of the NFC West division games have road games. I think they're a little better, more experience of a primetime team than the Cardinals are. I think the Cardinals have a little bit of a letdown after the blowout they had last week. I think the Rams have to get it going at some point. They're not this bad. So I got the Rams at a close one, 23-21, lower scoring than people think. Jeff, who do you got? Cardinals fully healthy again. They got uh, Kyla Murray back. They got Hopkins back. But that's not the reason why they win. The reason why they win is because of the other side of the football. The Cardinals have an underrated defense. They really do play some really good defense. So, you know, uh, weakened running attack for, uh, for the Rams. Robert Wood's still not there. Odell Beckham, who knows, you know, if he's learned the playbook yet because they still aren't on the same page. And the Cardinals are the best team in, in the West. Give me the Cardinals. They're at home as well. little home cooking out in the desert. <laughs> I want to pick the Cardinals in this game too, but I'm going to go with the Rams. The Rams need this game. They really do. And the Cardinals are 10-2. They lose this game. It doesn't really hurt them. Um, I think the Rams really, really need this game. In the last couple of weeks, they haven't looked good. Uh, Matthew Stafford hasn't looked good. This is going to be a back-and-forth game. We saw it in the first game of the season, uh, you know, early in the season when they played against one another. Yep. 
Uh, the Cardinals came out the winner. I think the L.A. Rams come out the winner in this game. I think it'll be close. Give me the Rams, 32-28. to 28. And those are our picks of the week. I think the Rams game is going to be fun to watch. I want to see Kyler Murray have a good game because I need him for my fantasy to have a good game. But all in all, I think the Rams really need this game more than the Cardinals do. They really, really do. So, uh, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. Cardinals still fighting for that one seed, though. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. But, uh, you know, to me, I don't know know if they're going to win. I think Green Bay's schedule gets a little bit easier at the end. Uh, I mean... If you, look, I'm, I'm trying to look at Green Bay's schedules. I know they got the Vikings one more time yeah, which, which at, at home. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, they should have one more time because they only played them once in the beginning of the season in week two. I'm trying to get Green Bay's schedule because if I can get Green Bay's schedule. The good thing for them is they're done mostly with the NFC West. Actually, completely done with the NFC West, which is usually their kryptonite. And they won all four of those games. Yeah. And I think they got the Browns and Ravens. Is Chase Claypool an idiot? They have, I yeah. Think they have the the Packers and the Bears. They have the Browns and the Packers. Ravens, Lions, uh, the Ravens, and the the Vikings. Yeah. So, so their toughest test is Ravens on the road next week. Yeah, they should beat How the Browns. How big of an idiot is Chase Claypool? <laughs> well, what? Yeah, talk about a, talk he about ca- another catches, one that likes to run his catches, mouth. He, no, no, he catches that pass right, and they have no timeouts left. And rather than hurrying to the line and getting the ball to a referee, what does he do? He starts posing with the with the football that he completed it for the first down. Oh, I got a first. Great, you just dude. They snapped the ball with forty nine seconds. Now there's twenty four left. All because Chase Claypool wants to do that dumb thing where he gets the first down signal and drops the football. What a dummy! <laughs> That's Jeff for you. Can you be any dumber? You want to get into because this has been a big story. Russell Wilson denies the trade rumors linking him to the Giants. I mean, there are stories coming out from his team that he wants to go to a big marketplace. Here's the problem: even if he wants to go to the Giants, we said this, and I know, I know who would be like. He'll probably, you know, he'll probably burst in his pants if it happens. It's Tyler. If if somehow the Giants get their hands on Russell Wilson, uh, do you know how he doesn't care if they give up three first round draft picks for him? I mean, is this is this good or bad? I mean, what do you got? This whole story with the Giants. I know you're a Giant fan, so I want to ask you first. What are your thoughts to this whole Russell Wilson to the Giants? I never wanted it to begin with, unless they could get it on my bargain. If it falls, if, if the price falls later, okay, maybe it's there's worth no a way shot. in hell they're just giving him away. No, I don't think so either. I'm just saying if it, if it drags out, where it's 30, it goes what in, is he? Thirty two years. He's Thirty two years old. If it go, I'm just saying if it goes into next season or something like that, and they could get him on a cheap, okay, fine. But if they if they're training for him now, where they have to give up three first round picks, I don't want it. The Giants are better off taking advantage of a nice pass rush depth draft in this draft. That all the depth they could get there, maybe with two, maybe with one an offensive lineman, whatever. They need those picks for other things right now. Daniel Jones, again, he's been up and down so far this year, but mostly on the good side. It's the How first this? year I can really I, say I have that. a question before you before you can finish up. Let's say the Giants offer one of their first rounds this year, a first round next year, and a first round the year after. I don't Would you do that? No. I, I'm not trading three right now. With the state, you're the still going to get a first round draft. I there. know with the state the Giants are in, I think they need too much right now, and they already have a lot of money tied up with certain contracts that they need to 
get more balance on this team. The Giants have good corners. They have good interior defensive linemen. And on paper, they should have better receivers than they do, but they don't. And they, right now, it's all tied in that. They need so much with their offensive line. I know, I know Garrett Price was saying, oh, it's improved throughout the year. Okay, yeah, but it's still not something I could trust to be on a consistent basis outside of Andrew Thomas. And what, what are they going to do with running back? What are they going to do with tight end? They got so many other areas to look at where I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to solve a thing. The Giants might be a playoff team with Russell Wilson, but I, I don't want them to be just a mediocre team and have the, the Giants be like the Seahawks of the last three years where, yeah, they might get in, but Russell Wilson's carrying like maybe five or six other talented players on that team. And I mean, the Giants have a lot of it on their offense, but still it's not something I could necessarily trust going forward. I think that's more of a panic move where the Giants aren't really in the state to do it. And the Broncos and the Saints are the other two teams rumor. I think they're in better position. How about you, Jeff? What are your thoughts to this whole Russell Wilson and him denying that this is even true? I mean, I, listen, there's two sides to this, right? Because do the would the Giants want him? Yeah, I think that they would want him. Would it be smart for them to do that? No, I don't think it would be smart for them to do that. Right, They have two picks in the top ten right now. The smart thing for the Giants, because they have a ton of holes. They really have a ton of holes. And the smart thing for the Giants to do would be to uh, you know, draft one of those top ten picks and trade the other one for like another second rounder and then like a first rounder next year or something, you know, and kind of spread, you know, use one of those draft picks to get more draft picks and then draft the other one because they, they just have too many holes. They do. They just, yeah. you know, like you, and, and, to, and to trade, a, like, even if they were to draft a player with one of those draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. That player that they would draft would be on their team for the next 10, 12, maybe 15 years. Mm-hmm. What's the best you're going to get out of Russell Wilson? Three years? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's already 35, isn't he? 32. 32 34? years old. and 32. 32. Yeah. <clears throat> right, okay, so 32. So what's the best you can get out of Russell Wilson? Three, Three to four years. Maybe four more. <laughs> yeah. four, right, of productive years. And then you're staring down the barrel of, like, what Matt Ryan is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so why would you trade a pick or players that are young and going to be with your team for the next decade for three years of Russell Wilson? I would agree with you, too. First of all, Russell Wilson's a great player. There's no denying he's the top five quarterback in the league when healthy. This year, uh, he hasn't looked good, maybe even because of the finger surgery. He's not the right. same uh, stable quarterback that we've seen over the last couple of years uh, as a dominant force and MVP candidate back-to-back years. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic player that can run, throw the ball, and do the things that he could do in the pocket not many quarterbacks could do. And he can he can cover and hide a lot of your deficiencies and weaknesses. We've seen him do that with the Seahawks year in and year out. The problem with Ooh. Russell Wilson, if, if you watched him over the last couple of years, is in the playoffs, when throughout the season you can hide the deficiencies of the offense, and 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 yes, by the way, uh, the Seattle Seahawks have two really good wide receivers. The Giants don't have anywhere doesn't they don't have Lockett and they don't have DK Metcalf. They don't have anywhere as close as good wide receivers as we've seen with the Seattle Seahawks and what they have. And they do have Saquon Barkley, who's a better running back uh, than any running back that they have. Uh, but again. With what Russell Wilson does and what he's capable of doing as his talents, I don't know if the Giants have the pieces to bring in Russell Wilson where you can sit there and say, 
oh, he's the missing piece that's going to help you go to the, the, the Super Bowl. He's the missing piece that's going to win the division. It's going to take you to the promised land or the NFC title game. I, I think, like you guys were saying, there's a lot of deficiencies in the offense, the offensive line. There's so many holes. Uh, look at the defense. Let's be honest. The defense that was one of the top five defenses in the league last year has fallen this year. I think they're 20th or 19th ranked in football. Yeah, and they're falling off really bad against the wrong I, I mean, they've been horrible and in certain games, especially against better offenses. I think the deficiencies of the pass rush, I, I, I think they're going to need the draft picks. What were you going to say, Jeff? Because I hear you want to cut in. Well, the other problem with Russell Wilson, too, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm crapping on because he's a terrific quarterback. However, he's had some leg injuries, and most of his good quarterback play is predicated on him being able to run, right? Maybe not run downfield, but at least scramble around and run and get away from people because he's not the biggest dude, right? And if you get older, you're going to get slower, and you're probably going to have more injuries. So the return on investment wouldn't be very good. He's going to get older. He's going to get slow. Like, look, look at what's happening to Big Ben. Mm-hmm. He's become an absolute statue. Yes. Right? Yes. You, but... don't, you don't get more mobile as you get older. No. But Ben is also 38, 39 years old. Russell's only 32. So you could get five, six right, good but, years, but you're, but, gonna, you're really going to be playing – the dice. But most of his good play is predicated on the fact that he's a mobile quarterback and he's becoming less mobile. So you're only probably going to get one or two good years left out of him, and it's going to really decline. I also worry, too, about when he's bad, he's, like, really bad, too. And the Giants really can't afford to gamble on that kind of thing, too. Russell Wilson has his great games, but even in his, even in his best years, he always has those four, like, god-awful games. And... The Giants, even in like his best games, might still have trouble competing because their defense is questionable in certain areas. Their offensive line, I mean, just like the Seahawks, I guess, is is really bad. And even the running game, Saquon Barkley and Chris Carson, they're both injury-prone running backs. So we've seen, uh, we've seen both teams have to go to backups at certain points, and sometimes they do well, but most of the time they don't. Never mind the fact that quarterback isn't even the Giants' problem. No, I don't, th- I don't think the, the Giants have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Right, like... How many more games would this Giants team would have won if Kenny Galladay could catch a pass or Doug Slayton could catch a pass? Like, I don't think the problem has been – like, listen, has Daniel Jones been great? No, but he's been a lot better than he's getting credit yeah. for, I think. Now, out of all the quarterbacks, now, if, if you can get Aaron Rodgers to the Giants for three first-round draft picks, I know he's a lot older than, than and a guy like Russell Wilson – Aaron Rodgers, I think, could absolutely change your team. He could change the dynamic of your team. He makes everybody around him better. So, and he's played with bad defenses. We've seen it. With the, the he's taken the Green Bay Packers all the way to all the way to the NFC title game with some of the worst defenses we've seen. And he's and and, and with wide wide receivers you never even heard of. So uh, again, if you could get Rodgers for three first round draft, I would do that. I would if I were the Giants and you could pull off some uh, the trade of the century and bring our Rodgers to the New York Giants. I would make that trade. Russell Wilson, I'm not giving away three first round draft picks for him. I'm just not. I don't think the Giants yeah, I, are really in a state I either way, both, though. Yeah, Jeff. I think both of them are ridiculous, though, right? Because you're talking about three players on a team mm-hmm. that could be there for a decade mm-hmm. versus three years of either one like you're giving you're literally trading 30 years for three years that's what you're doing yeah but you can win a world you can win a super bowl you can win a super bowl with Aaron Rodgers 
You could. The Giants don't have the Giants don't have enough to get to the Super Bowl, even if they did have Aaron Rodgers. Well, even not, if they did, they don't have enough. Well, is to me a healthy Saquon Barkley is better than Aaron Jones. Um, their wide receivers, they don't have a wide receiver like Devontae Adams. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. But guess what? Sure do. Uh, who? Well, Tony. <laughs> Darius Tony. Uh, Jeff, I really hope you're right, but maybe, no. maybe with Aaron Rodgers, maybe with Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? Uh, Aaron Dude, Rodgers. Kadarius, first of all, Kadarius Tony's been the best receiver on your team, and the Giants coaching staff wouldn't even play him for the first five weeks. But that's the other problem where you're, well, the Giants coaching staff use Aaron Rodgers to the best of their abilities. Hold I don't on. even know that Go either. On. Speedy, you're a Giants fan. When Kadarius Tony has been in the game, he's been their best receiver, has he not? Yeah. I'm not, I, again, it's not saying much when they don't have the other depth, and that's what worries me about the usage of well, everyone else. Yeah. See, trust me, when he gets more touches, he's gonna, you're going you're gonna to love. I told you this draft night when we talked. He gets the touches, you're going to like what you get from him. All right, but it's still, the Giants have so many other holes. Even if Canarius Tony emerges into even half of what Devontae How about Adams this? Is. How about this? You, you get Aaron Rodgers and you bring in uh, Devontae Adams as a, as, a, as a free agent, which he's a free agent next year. So you could do that. You could absolutely get two for the price of one. If you brought Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in with the Giants that could give you a Super Bowl, you wouldn't do that and trade up three I mean, first-round draft picks? Price? But what's that price? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. But for three right, years. Right, it's huge. And you still haven't improved your offensive line one right. lick. Yes, but we've seen Aaron Rodgers play with bad offensive lines and unhealthy offensive lines. So yeah, but you're talking about the Giants; they'll blow it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and also the 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 Packers started usually start seasons with great offensive lines and will fall to maybe below average. I'm just saying, out of all the quarterbacks, if you can get Aaron Rodgers, I would trade the three first round draft picks because Aaron Rodgers can change the dynamic of your team. Russell Wilson will not, and that's what I was telling Tyler the other day. He kept mentioning Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I said, "Is Russell Wilson going to change? Yeah, it's going to win you the division." What does that do for you? You're going to give away your future right. for a guy that's only going to win you the division? Yeah, he's the best quarterback in the division. Hands down, he's the best quarterback in the division. But does that make you a Super Bowl the, contender? No. I don't think the trade makes sense for the Giants. They need too much, and they should yeah. They should be garnering more assets rather than purging, purging assets. Yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the times, a lot of the teams that have transformed their offenses, even in the last five years, have done it with – Draft picks and depth. Would and you do it for ter- if you trade two first round draft picks and a player? Would you do that for Russell Wilson? Uh, it depends on which player, but even so, I'd still be a little skeptical because, the, like Jeff's saying, the Giants need so much. You're trusting a new coaching staff also all at once too. If Joe Judge is gone at the end of the year, and even though they might have the, they might keep one of the two top ten picks. Like I, the Giants are in one player away by any means. They need edge rushers. They need linebackers. They need offensive line. And I don't think even if Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson went to the Giants, would they play with any? Any wor- uh, any better? Yeah, but if of they're only giving away first had. round draft picks, they still have their seconds, they still have their thirds and fourths. They could still find those pieces in the draft and still get Russell Wilson. I guess, but you're trusting a new GM to make all those draft picks get and, the nail right them GM. and nail them. Get so the right GM. You're, you're, you know? you're, I think you're contradicting yourself. The, the Giants have I'm been— I'm not contradicting myself. I'm just saying. You're saying no, that I'm saying they the can't... Giants would be contradicting no, themselves with an obvious path. Like, the Giants need to commit to something. Like, the, the worst thing to do with any team in any sport is to go in without a plan. Like, you're, if you, you want to rebuild, rebuild. Fine. If you want to— Bring in a Russell Wilson isn't a plan? 
I mean, I, that, that's a plan. I'd With all these young players at once and all these draft picks, like you're implying that you're trying to get younger. And the Giants have contradicted themselves with Dave Gettleman overpaying Kenny Galladay. Well, that, that was a re- right. ridiculous. But even at the time, like overpaying Nate Solder. Uh, There's certain contracts that have said, that, all right, the Giants look like they re- should be rebuilding, and they're not. Now, I was I was fine with trying to keep – keep it going at the end of the 2017 season just because, all right, maybe that was one down year when the Giants had a lot of injuries. I was okay with them at that time, but once they realized it wasn't working in 2018 and you were losing the division to uh, an Eagles team that was good but was still banged up, the Cowboys team that made the playoffs were very average, it seemed obvious that even in the weak NFC East, they still couldn't do anything. And that's when you realize, okay, they have to try the turnaround. The Giants have gone through three coaches in the last five years. There's not stability there. They have to try something. If the Browns, from all they dug themselves into for a decade, could transform themselves and be they a— They did transform themselves to anything. They're not even making a playoffs with the talent that they have this year. I mean, seriously, all of you guys said— I remember what Tyler said. I remember what you said. I remember what everybody said. I know. I picked them up the, the Super Bowl. That the, yeah. Browns, that the Browns, with the talent that they have, they're a short playoff team. And I told you, I don't even think they're going to win. They make the playoffs. I didn't even think they would make the but playoffs. But if they could transform themselves from the— what unstableness they went through to that to at least be a consistently competitive team because they've at least been that the Giants have to realize all right that this is the new formula I'm not saying use the Browns as the only example the teams have done it in different ways look at the Rams the Rams were out of the playoffs for a decade or so they had good defensive teams Baker's they had by the way backs. done as a starter of quarterback of the, the Browns I think he's gone I, I think this year I don't see them extending a contract. Does he have a fifth year? Does he have a one more year? Yeah, he does because he's a he's a first round, a first overall pick. So, so they he'll... can they can extend him this year. I don't know if they'll do that. I think they're going to walk away from Baker Mayfield. I really do. Yeah, that's going to be difficult to franchise tag him too. So yeah, that definitely is. Unless I... unless he takes less, I can't see him doing. How about that Baker going to the Giants? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe it's a, if they. If he will take a reasonable contract, I wouldn't mind it. But like Jeff is saying, I don't think the Giants are necessarily the quarterback away type thing. No, and and, and Daniel Daniel Jones is done. If if Gettleman's gone, unfortunately, Daniel Jones' career as a Giant is done. Because that that was the thing. Gettleman's career and Gettleman's, you know, whole you know, whole chance of opportunity to stay with the Giants was the growth. And the development of Daniel Jones. And by the way, Daniel Jones, no offense to Daniel Jones, they just can't stay healthy. They can't, the wide receivers can't stay healthy. The running bats can't stay healthy. The offensive line can't stay healthy. So, how do we know what Daniel Jones is going to be or what he should be if they can't stay healthy? So, Daniel Jones, no matter how good me and Jeff thought he was going to be, is done with the Giants. I, I believe it. It also will have to determine who this next coach would be if they do get He's rid done. of Judge. I think Judge is done too. But also, is it going to be a scheme fit type coach? Are they going to bring in? Are they going to bring in a, a guy that's an established offensive coordinator? Maybe it's a, a college coach that might have his own bring his own. If scheme, Gettleman so. is if Gettleman is gone, Judge is going with him. I, that's, I a, that's a fact. I believe it too. I'm just saying in terms of Jones's future. Because, remember, there, there's not an obvious number one quarterback in this draft either. So, if the Giants don't draft a quarterback in this draft, they might have to stick with it unless they could trade for another veteran. There are going to be veterans available. I feel so. bad for Joe Judge. I really do. Because last year, all the Giant fans were excited about him being having a 6-10 and 10 season. He's, he's mean. He's a Bill Belichick you know, disciple. And, and a lot of people see the growth of what, what the Miami Dolphins were with, with, with their coach and Brian, Brian Flores. Right. They thought he was another Brian Flores. He was going to achieve, and he was going to take the Giants to higher heights. And then this year, going into the season, 
the draft that Gettleman had, a lot of people liked the draft, but the acquisitions that he made in the offseason with Galladay didn't make any sense. A lot of Giant fans were kind of skeptical with uh, you know some of the, the offseason moves. And then going into the season, uh, losing, I think, the first three games of the season, I think they lost, uh, it, it didn't. It hasn't fallen together, and Joe Judge making excuses to the press, and, right. and you know this is this is something. I think this is the demise of Joe Judge, really, because he can't handle the press. I like the guy, I really do. I like his personality. I like everything about him. I think he scares the players. He he tells the players how it is, and if you don't do this, well, then you're not playing, just like Bill Belichick. But if you're if you're not winning and you've never won before and you haven't taken the team to the playoffs, do you think these players are actually going to follow you and listen to you? And the answer is no. And I think the problem with Joe Judge is he can't handle the press, Speedy. He can't. I also think, too, they've been undisciplined in comparison to last year, too. Last year, they were at least, like, pesky in certain instances where their defense played closer than expected, and they were disciplined. Like, they didn't make a lot of mistakes when it came to their defense. Their offense did. They Evan Ingram dropping passes, all their receivers dropping passes, Daniel Jones doing all weird things last year, and bad turnovers. But it seemed like the defense was at least disciplined where – they were staying in games. Now you see these bad pass interferences. You're seeing third down defense be horrible. You're seeing Joe, Ju- Joe Judge making all these ridiculous timeouts and challenges. Like, it seems like he doesn't have that same pulse on the game anymore. And the Giants... I bet you Ramsey sh- is probably thinking he should have taken that Lions job. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I would imagine so. He got off of the job. He wouldn't take it. He wanted to go back and be the defensive coordinator for the Giants. I think he made a big mistake. I don't think he's going to get an offer. Yeah, and the Giants, I think, have been stuck to those kinds of ways too where they're trying to have that kind of value trying to transition to another team and Joe Judge has done that with certain things with the special teams with like certain expatriates he's brought in trying to bring that kind of thing there but the Giants I which don't, is smart by the way which is smart in some instances too but you also have to try to adjust to certain trends that are going around the league and I think the Giants the way they're operating is still kind of behind the curve and trying to be a modern NFL where it also, that is ownership too. You have the, you have the Steelers, even though they're still winning games, dealing with the same kind of problem too. Whereas sometimes these old school ownership groups are still trying to stick to their old values too. And you're seeing teams, even like the Bengals, that have a, an owner in Mike Brown that was very stubborn in his way, start to evolve more. And now they're a better team than expected this year and could be a playoff team. So the Giants, I don't think, have really made that adjustment. They're trying to bring in their own guys too much. Like they they. After Coughlin resigned, they bring in McAdoo as their own coordinator. Then they, Gettleman was their former uh, assistant GM or whatever on the Super Bowl team. They had to bring him in. They got kind of stuck on that, and they can't be stuck on that because it hasn't worked. How about you, Jeff? Uh, wh- what do you think the Giants do in the offseason? Do they file get- fire Gettleman? And if they fire Gettleman, is Joe Judge looking for another job? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they should do any of that. You know, I don't think the the draft picks have been bad. I, I liked Kadarius Tony, right? It's you know, it's not Joe Judge's fault that, you know, Barkley got his ankle rolled over and then stepped on and stuff, and he missed a bunch of time, which which hurts, which has hurt their record. You know, you go back to the, the, the Washington game, Dexter Lawrence wasn't offsides, but they called the offsides penalty and let them kick the field goal again for a loss. Like, the Giants have had a lot of things go against them this year that are really nobody's fault. And if you took those draft picks, and you drafted one and you just traded back the other one just to like the middle of the first round and got another second round pick, you're taking, you know, two picks and turning it into three players that could be starters. Those would be a lot of holes that are plugged immediately. Mm. One on the offensive line, one at cornerback, you know, like a couple of these things. 
and the Giants would be a completely uh, different-looking team next year. I think if you gave Daniel Jones two seconds to throw the goddamn football, that he could actually play quarterback. I don't think this team is as far off as everyone else thinks, as long as that they 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 draft well. First of all, they have to draft well, which their drafts haven't been bad, but they need to draft well and plug a few holes. And I think with the you know they have some good pieces. Let's say Quan Barkley be healthy. Has that been the case this year? It has not. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, you, you know, I don't – it wouldn't matter if you had Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or any of these quarterbacks because you'd still be counting on Saquon Barkley. And if he's not healthy, any of those guys are going to have a problem. Any of them are going to have a problem. Johnson. So why aren't, why aren't we giving the same consideration to Daniel Jones? Mm. I think it's a legitimate question, right? Like, uh, yeah. okay, the Giants trade their entire draft and three first-round picks, and they're all gone, and here comes Russell Wilson. And, all, okay, Saquon rolls his ankle again. Now you've just traded your entire future for Russell Wilson, and they're still only going to win five games next year. And if Russell Wilson is all that good, why aren't they winning uh, football games in Seattle right now? Because he's not all that good. Uh, John says, will Barkley ever play a full season? Uh, it's not tough to trust now. Need to fire Freddie Kitchens would help. They probably will at the end of the season. They just really don't have a choice right now with this season. And I don't think Judge would get a head coaching job. I could see him being OC uh, for the Panthers. And he's, then again, I don't think Judge. Well, he was also a receiver a coach, job. but still, I don't think he's qualified for that either. Uh, then again, I don't think I, he's done a bad job. Do you guys think he's done a bad job? No, I, I, I didn't think so I last like year. I didn't think so last year. This year is kind of changed a lot of things because it seems like his game plans and a lot of the team is undisciplined. I don't think he has the same pulse on the game this year. Uh, John his game also- plans have been working. His game plans have been working. Let's let's just go back to that Washington game. Can Daniel Jones throw any of a better pass to, to uh, uh, Darius Slayton? And that, that pass wins the football game, by the way. Forget the offsides, which still would have won them the game, mm. right? But is it is it Joe Judge's fault? Darius Slayton can't catch. No. But, but I think there are also games where the teams fall apart, though, because of him, because of his, the way he's managed it in certain instances with the defense, with just the players in general. You're seeing guys get frustrated. Kenny Galladay was saying some of it's at Jason Garrett. Even, okay, but even so, even so speedy, right? There isn't a football team in the NFL that's undefeated. You can't just go, oh, well, uh, you know, every game we're going to play good. Teams have off weeks, so you're still going to have a couple off weeks and that happens. But I'm just saying, like, you know, Joe Judge can't make Darius Slayton catch the football. That's not Darius Slayton. He can't no. make Kenny Galladay catch the football. And that's been the, their biggest problem is drops. Right? Sure. That's been their biggest problem. And they can't keep Daniel Jones upright. Because Daniel Jones, by the way, can also run like the wind. He can. I, I get right? that. I, a- I think, though, you're not dealing with one obvious culprit of who to blame, though, either. It's not like a it's not like a team like the Chargers who have a great GM and they had trouble finding head coaches. And now they finally have one in Brandon Staley. It's not like that kind of instance where it's obvious. Like Dallas with Jason Garrett for a while. Like, he, he was the scapegoat because they had talent. Like it, it, the giants don't have one obvious guy that's doing horribly. They don't, but they also don't have one standout guy doing great either where well, you could say, all right, well, you, he's masking the deficiencies. Well, you, you, you just went through this with, with, uh, with the Seahawks, right? And okay. you were like, Oh, well the, the giants don't have a DK Metcalf and they don't have a Tyler Lockett. Right. All right. Which, which is true. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Right. But you're, we're talking about giving up three first-round draft picks for Russell Wilson, and he's going to come to New York 
to play with lesser talent. And by the way, the Seahawks have like four wins this year. Right. I don't want them. I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't want Russell Wilson here for that reason because the Giants have these other issues. The Giants need to to rebuild their image in a lot of ways too in addition to just the talent of their team and it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're in the same modern mold anymore as what they were when they had good teams and even even like being battle tested too even last year i thought they were instances where they were battle tested they hung tough with playoff teams the rams they they played a good defensive game the bears were a playoff team last year they hung tough they beat the seahawks last year it doesn't seem like they have that same level of peskiness this year in comparison to that either and that's when you could tell a team is battle tested rather than having their inconsistent issues yeah you're right every team's had it this year i get it every team's had injuries this year whatever the giants don't have that same level of you could say all right we can hang tough in this game it seems like they're either losing games late or just collapsing in the second half when they're getting blown out and they're doing it in silly ways my, my, my suggestion for the Giants, not that any of the Giants front office would ever listen to me, Probably but my not. suggestion to them would be, like, be Bill Bel- in this instance, be Bill Belichick, right? This is what you want to do. You have all these draft picks. What does Bill Belichick do? He trades back for more picks, and he continuously trades back for more draft picks right. because what ends up happening is, you know, you get seven picks. I realize, you know, they may have more or less this year or whatever, right? But everyone gets seven picks, and what you do with them is, is what it is, right? Yep. But Belichick turns seven draft picks into 14 players because he's constantly trading back and getting more picks. And what, what ends up happening is 14 players that you drafted, never mind the undrafted guys, are coming into camp, and he makes them battle for, for positions. That's why you see in New England – a lot of surprise cuts and a lot of surprise people being let go, like Stephon Gilmore this year Uh or or Lawyer Malloy in years past and things like that. Because what he'll do is he wants the guy that's going to fight for the position and play hard every time. And you're complaining about feistiness. Keep trading back with all those draft picks and get more and more players. And I guarantee you, you're going to find yourself with a roster full of hungry individuals. And that's what I was saying when the Giants need an obvious plan. It doesn't seem like they have that kind of thing because they're they're looks like they're getting younger, they're drafting better, and then they all of a sudden they overpay for these bad free agents or guys that stay, can't stay healthy. Even somebody like Blake Martinez, a good linebacker, can't stay healthy, and they gave, it looks like they gave him a lot of money. James Bradbury, who's played well this year but still has had his lapses and not playing like the number one corner like he did last year. So certain instances like that, you could say, all right, they can improve the team. But it also seems like they're also overloading in certain areas, and they're still not building the modern NFL-type team. And they're trying to trust too much of those values. The Patriots have a good system that Bill Belichick's put in place because he's also the GM of the team. He knows the mold that he wants in the team. And I'm not saying the Giants have to have that because that that kind of system is impossible to duplicate. But it seems like there are other teams getting trends from a little bit of everything in certain instances from what he's doing. But but it's not going to matter. If you just have more players in the camp fighting for positions, listen, man, a hungry dog runs faster. Mm, That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. You're right. right. Right? right? So if you get 10 10 guys coming in that really want it, that may not have the level of talent as somebody else, but they try harder. I mean, how many times have we seen – Number one overall picks not. Hey, I'll give you. Listen, I'll give you one because I just watched a, a, a piece on it earlier. Luke Jokel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember Luke Jokel? Yep. Twenty thirteen draft, second right. pick. Yeah, right. the second overall pick, selling insurance now. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is he said? 
because he's a second overall pick. He didn't feel he needed to practice. He didn't feel he needed to, you know, be in the weight room and whatever. He's coming in as the big shot. You don't want the second overall pick that's, you know, the top guy that's going to feel like he doesn't need to try. Right. You know, you want, for the lack of a better example, the 199th pick in Brady who shows up and works hard every day, right? You want those hungry dogs coming to dinner. You're right. You know? You're right. So yeah. trade back a few times. Create competition at each position and let the play on the field tell you who the best guy is for that position. Yeah. Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. Uh, by the way, Jeff, before you go, actually, uh, Mark, he, can, he couldn't join tonight, but he just wanted to make sure uh, he's, he says roll tide. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. But you want to know what? He may have won the battle. He's not going to win the war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he may have won the battle. He ain't winning the war. Do you see all these injuries piling up for Alabama right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Mechie, gone. Right? They just lost um God, I'm forgetting what the first the kid's first name is, but uh Job, the corner. Yeah, the corner, Job, Josh Job, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Job, right? Who's like by the way, he's like a second projected like second round draft pick. They're losing a lot of guys that have played all year. They're going down to injury. Don't be so sure Cincinnati don't sneak up and bite them. Oh, that'd be that'd be something. <laughs> they they, they may be Georgia that have a three week letdown and loses the only group of five team never make the college football playoff. That'd be something. Listen, don't take my word for it, right? And, and by the way, everyone thinks I'm an Alabama hater, which I'm not, right? This whole thing. No, is you're not because of the quarterback discussion, right? So, but let me just and and go ahead and, and ask Gerard and go ahead and ask Mark. What's the one thing? Alabama struggles with when they when they play teams when they play poorly or struggle with teams what's the one thing that team they struggle with has on their team mm. running quarterbacks yeah hello Desmond Ritter oh yeah that's an that is an interesting one I want to ask you this one they have a, before we leave too I know we got to go but do you think them not playing JT Daniels is a like a deception for a potential like championship matchup to maybe did not give Saban the game tape Cause I actually, I've thought about that for a while. No, 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 no. I don't No, I don't think that was the case in the last game. Stephen Bennett had been playing really well and JT Daniels may end up getting his shot, but Stephen Bennett had up until that point had earned the job. And the other reason they wouldn't do some sort of rope a dope thing like that is because I mean, let's be honest about it. Georgia beats Alabama. That's a two loss team. Notre Dame would have been in. That would have been the death blow to Alabama. That really would have been the death blow to him. Right? Uh, yeah. So why not take out a team when you have the chance? Why why allow Nick Satan to hang around? Nick Satan. Uh, John says Bill Belichick also pick up, picks up free agent for cheap, and Auburn didn't have a running quarterback in that game. First of all, let's all right. Let's let's address some of these dumb comments. Oh, Bill Belichick picks up free agents for cheap. How much did he just spend this offseason? One hundred and fifty million. Which, by the way, is a record by like fifty million. Uh-huh. And by the way, he spent more than that. He spent $250 million in, in commits, mm. right? Um, uh, Hunter Henry, John Smith, Matthew Judon, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Did you see Nelson. that catch John Smith had this, uh, this past week against Buffalo? Oh, the only completion? The uh, only completion? Unbelievable the catch. Yes, I saw the, unbelievable I, catch. I saw the only completion of the game. Yeah, it was an unbelievable catch, man. Unbelievable. Catch of the week, by the way. It was yeah no great catch great catch but honestly really demoralizing loss for Buffalo like really demoralizing mm-hmm. loss yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about this, right? Like, do you think it's a big deal if uh, uh, t- take the John Smith catch? That was a seven yard pass, mm-hmm. right? That's what that was, right? So if, if any quarterback in the league drops back and throws a five yard pass, do you care about them completing a five yard pass? No. No, it's a bigger deal when they, they run for five yards every time because what they're doing is winning at the line of scrimmage every time and overpowering you and exerting your will. That's why it's demoralizing. The Patriots just went in there and said, we don't care if you know what we're doing. We're taking it from you. Mm. And that's why it's demoralizing. Go ahead. You know, but, but yeah, so, you know, Mark can, Mark can say whatever he wants and listen – I talked a lot of shit to Mark, and Mark, he's earned his right to talk his shit right back because I had Georgia to start the season. By the way, it's not like I'm too far off. Georgia's still right there. Yeah. But he won the battle, but I'm not so sure he's going to win the war. Georgia's still still in it. You know? Let George Pickens play a little more. George Pickens didn't play a whole bunch. They They just lost Job and Mechie in that game. They might have won that game, but that's a that game hurt them just as much as it helped them. Yep, yep. Jeff, thank you, know? you for calling, so, bud. So, guys, always a pleasure. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jeff from Tampa. Uh, I want we could he could have went even longer, but the show had to end like fifteen minutes ago. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Southern California News Group Angels beat writer Jeff Fletcher for joining us. He was great. Definitely gave us some good insight of the Angels and throughout the league and the lockout and all that other stuff. If you guys missed it, check it out on our website. Uh, I'd like to shout out all the fans that listen to us throughout the week, all the shows, all the workers, all the guys that have been you know, pushing the network even further uh, along as we've been doing it over the last, really, the last eight years. So thank you to all the people. Speedy, thank you. Uh, shout out to your family, my family, for the losses that we've yeah. had over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, we'll be back um, on Wednesday with uh, a clean show. And yes, Tyler Harrison will be back, you know, bitching and moaning and saying the stupid stuff that he usually says. So he'll be back crying the blues. Speedy, find out about the, the, the that bat, he, the, yeah. the, the bad because I want to stick that to him. I want to play that to him. So he doesn't bullshit. And, and then Thursday, I expect him to bring that $500 of money because he did bet $500. Everybody heard it. He owes me 500 bucks, and I don't want to hear his crap. So he, he, better, he better be ready, ready to open up his pockets, even though he'll probably make excuses I don't have it. So, but he'll, he'll make the bet because he thinks he knows everything. And by the way, he, he's 6-0 and against me when it comes to betting. So what a crock of you-know-what. Anyways, uh, telling people, telling our guests that too, which – Oh, I'm six and zero against him, dude. I know you're trying to be funny, but if if it's not true, why do you even say it? It's not true. Stop telling stop telling the guest that you're killing me in bets when you have not even a chance of beating me. So John, whatever. John says Monopoly money, lol. Yeah, well, you better open up his pockets because I'm gonna fucking take it from him. Anyways, I should be cursing on the show. Um. Uh, we'll be back next week. New guests, all the stuff that we usually do. Listen to the the Weekend Crunch on 103.9 FM. If you're out here on Long Island, if you, you're not living out here on Long Island, uh, all you got to do is go to iHeartRadio. Uh, do the Islanders play this week? Yep. All right, so we'll be on at 1030 after the Islander game, live and in the studio. So definitely tune in. It's a great show. Uh, we have a lot of fun on that show, and uh, we will have our special guest as well. Uh, until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Petey saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. 
It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.